0: What up? What up, everybody? This is WG for the Fight Game Podcast. John, we're back after not recording for one week, which is really weird for us because we've gone—I don't know how many weeks in a row that we had gone until last week, but we had pre-recorded. A Survivor Series 1996 review, which was put up the Wednesday uh, before Thanksgiving. So you know we had a show there, but we, you and I, haven't spoken in uh, in a, in a couple of weeks for this
1: show. How's it going? You ready to get back into it? What's going on? Well, I've been depressed. We haven't talked in a while. Yeah, <laughs> We haven't, you know. Thursday night came. I know it was Thanksgiving. His family. is fun. I ate, had ham for days. Still have ham. <laughs> still cooking. He's in the net. ham we had, uh, but man, I was just kind of Thursday night was like, man, it's, I wish we were recording right now, <laughs> but we're back now. We have a lot to talk about. Dude. We're back. A big show to talk about. And, this so crazy and
0: a a show this weekend that but that uh, is good it should be really good so i'm pretty excited to talk about this stuff before we do um we are going to play an interview that we did with ruby rays who let us know that she likes when people call her simply rays so she'll be Rays from here on out but uh, we did an interview with Ruby Reyes, who is going to be on Ed in San Antonio's Poder Dos show this weekend in Las Vegas on Saturday. It's an all woman show. It's the second one that he's done, and she's going to be on it. So we wanted to talk to her because I know that you're pretty close to her, and also Ed is a buddy of ours. So we wanted it to to uh, put a little shine on that. And so we're gonna bring we're gonna play that after uh, after the introduction. But uh, just quickly. I know, I know you really uh, like Ray's as a person and as a wrestler, but just, you know, how did you find, you know, how'd you get introduced to her? How did you learn about her? Like, what's the story between the two of you as far as when you started booking her?
1: Um, I, I first met her briefly at APW, she, Marcus Mack. When I left APW booking at the time, I went, you know, kind of just. Took hiatus, but then I started premiere. Um, I would still show up here near APW. Marcus was doing the SoCal versus NorCal Program and she was being brought up with uh, the SoCal people and she was a manager at the time so I met her there briefly, but I started booking Tyler Bateman and I was starting a women's division and I liked her look. I liked um, what I saw on footage of her that was available on YouTube. Uh, you know, she had everything. I everything I was looking for. She was, you know, she had the beauty. She had the size. She had she had speed for her size. I really liked her what she brought, and I thought, man, I could really work with this uh, with her tools that she has. So, um, so I started. You know, I wanted to bring her in because I like I like I don't want everybody the same my show. I like different looks and mm-hmm. everyone you know and i thought she brought something completely different than the la's i had on the card and uh you know she, she like i said that and then i'll see people here in the interview she impressed me she impressed me with her passion for wrestling and her uh you know just desire to learn and get better and um those are the kind of people i get behind and i want to support and so um when i pick you know what, what you hear about in the whole time there premiere with, with with her, but um, yeah, so she's really talented um, and she'll be wrestling on Ed's show. So I hope people, you know, order it on fight TV. Perfect. Perfect this time of the COVID spikes and everything. Yeah. You know, need a little distraction, just um, throw on some, some wrestling, some women's wrestling. And I, you know, I think it's going to be fun. I think there's one male wrestling. I think Chris Bay from impact wrestling is gonna be wrestling on that card. So interesting show. So I think, I, I think I might check it out too. I'm going to think I'm definitely going to order it and support, uh, support Ed. And it's definitely support Ray's. All right. So there, uh,
0: just yesterday I put up, actually it'll be, Two days ago, I put up um, the Brian Alvarez book club chat that we did two weeks ago. So we interviewed as as part of the Fight Game Podcast Facebook group. uh, We have a book club. The previous one that we did, we interviewed Keith Greenberg, his, his book on the Indies Too Sweet. And then we did an interview with Brian, which was really fun. We did it for an hour. We did it on Zoom, so there will be video of it. But I want to give the precedence to, uh, to, to the podcast first. So that'll be on our YouTube page probably sometime next week. That was a lot of fun. It's been getting a lot of downloads. Uh, so I think, you know, Brian is a very popular dude and Death of WCW is a, you know, is one of the one of the marquee wrestling books of the past 20 years. So fun chat. We had people from the group asking questions. We did I mean, we had extra questions. We could have gone for another half an hour and uh, for the next one, we're going to do Big Dave Meltzer. So if you want to be in that Book club chat on Zoom, and uh, and you've read Dave's, or you are in the process of reading Dave's uh, latest book, which is the 1997 uh, Wrestling Observer book. uh, Jump in the group, you know the Facebook group. You can come in and join. I'll approve you, and you know you can come hang out with us, and that's the way to get in the Zoom chat with Big Dave. And, And you know what Brian said was when I told him, you know the one that we were doing next, he's like, get ready for a long book club. So. Well we're we're waiting we you know we, we we can handle Dave like if he wants to go for for hours we we can handle that. Um so the other thing I wanted to mention before we kind of get into it is uh the website the website fightgamemedia.com we just broke our page view record for a like non Floyd Mayweather fight <laughs> where I would be writing the 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 play-by-play and we'd get so many hits because people were not you know, people who didn't pay for it were wanting to figure out what was going on. But so for uh, for a non like Floyd Mayweather fight, we broke our page view record, and it's mostly because, and we'll, we'll get into this later in the show. It's because <laughs> I think it's because um, we uh, JD Oliva did a, an article. Uh, he interviewed Don Callis and Kenny Omega, sent him some quotes about their relationship, and then based on what happened on AEW Dynamite. That article got resurfaced again, so the page views are, are, are going up and up and up because of that, and uh, and so you know I, you know it's it's an interesting time for us because we we recently you know pretty much when when the pandemic started I kind of redid the website and I wanted to to invest in it again. So, it's been, you know, we we've been getting some really great pieces, JDs included, but uh Paul Fontaine has a really great breakdown of uh the ratings and the movers and shakers on both Dynamite and NXT um and just really good stuff. So, check out fightgamemedia.com uh justin nipper's been doing some really good editing for me he helps me out a lot because uh you know I, i'm editing some stuff but you know i'm also doing the day job and and justin has is, is been really stepping up to the plate making those pieces look really really spectacular so check out fightgamemedia.com and then i guess the last thing is you know if you were wondering in this feed and this podcast feed where the WCW Saturday Night Review was. We recorded it, but it is in a different place. We have another project that we're doing. We're kind of ramping that project up. If you are wondering where that WCW Saturday Night Review from this Monday, which we would have usually put in this feed, send me an email, gg at fightgamemedia.com. And uh, I can let you know where that is. But for the wider audience about this project that we're putting together, which is actually uh, pretty exciting, uh, I know, for John and, and myself, um, it's, it, we will probably start talking about it in, in a week or so. so um, but yeah, if you were looking for that show, we recorded it. It's just we didn't publish it in this feed. So send me an email and I will uh, I will reach out to you. Uh, so I guess the first thing to really kick off the show is uh, the death of Pat Patterson. Mm-hmm. And I started to think about, you know, we had seen him at uh, the Cauliflower Alley Club. And then I remembered... That he was at the Cow Palace show, and I'd wondered if you had had a chance to talk to him or oh,
1: or anything, yeah. or spend some time with him, and if you had any stories around that. I wasn't. I mean, I wish I had more time to spend with him. Though. They did a, a Marcus Smack, who the promoter of APW, um, set up a, a question a question and uh, answer book signing uh, with some fans at the uh, old Gold Rush School, so a lot of people who pay to see that got to meet him and you know marcus was hanging out there talking old stories and i just you know couldn't be there because you know as he you know me i just just busy with the kids and but at the show um it was funny to see because you know pat patterson back at the cowbells he felt he still feels he owns that building He walked around. I mean, he does own the building. He owns it, but, you know, there's a lot of new people that work there (laughs) that haven't, you know, don't know him or haven't seen him. And they don't know all the draws and the talent and the great matches out there. So, you know, he's walking around smoking a cigarette in the back. And and this lady, little polite lady working there, security lady in the back. She goes, sir, you got to put it out. He goes, okay, sure. Takes a drag. And she's like, you got put it out. He's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Takes a drag. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> and uh, another thing that happened with me, my interaction with him was uh, that uh, he had a, we had a spot with him that in the in the show he was be at get ringside. He gets called in the ring. He does a little promo, talks about some history there. Outcomes are one of our heels who actually uh, I used to not only book at APW but also book at Premier. Dylan Drake, who unfortunately at the time suffered a serious back injury, can't wrestle anymore. So Marcus really wanted to give him. This spot to have where he kind of comes out with his you know beautiful Ric Flair esque robe and he goes in there the Golden Boy Dylan Drake and kind of gives some grief to Pat Patterson and Pat Patterson gives him a nut shot the big the big classic Pat Patterson punch and mm-hmm. takes a bump but and that was going to be before intermission now and before that we had jr kratos the god of war who's been recently featured on new japan strong versus a, a gentleman named jekylls the jester who's a, a very unique character and i'm watching the match i know what's gonna you know i know we're gonna do a segment after the the match and old pat just gets up goes to the back and i'm like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> we gotta do this spot with dylan drake it's gonna happen now so i run to the back and i go pat we're doing this the doing the deal with dylan it, it's gonna be here he's like oh I had to go pee and <laughs> and uh and i was like okay but let's get get you out there and he's like oh uh, he starts talking to people and i'm like is he ribbing me right now like is he ribbing me <laughs> and so i'm like the match is still going. I'm starting like sweat, and I'm like, "Oh God, we gotta get gotta get him out of here." And I'm like, "Pat, we gotta go. We gotta go." I literally grabbed Pat Patterson by the arm and dragged him to the curtain, and said, "Go, go, go! Gotta go back out." So then he goes back out, and I'll never forget that because I'm like, I had to go drag Pat Patterson out to the curtain to go do this deal. So that was a just funny thing to me. I I was having to kick out of it, you know. It was, it was stressful, you know, because I want the show to come off perfectly, especially that first big cow power show we did and uh but at the same time I like just the worker in me is like alright is he working me he's trying to rip me right but I'm trying not to sell it you know like not sell the stress of it I'm like we gotta go yep yeah, yeah, we gotta go now and then finally like last of it grabbed his arms so started walking him over there And so that's that's my little Pat Patterson story but uh, when I saw all the news he passed away uh, was very sad he's a genius brilliant uh, in the ring uh, of course uh, he's known for of course his booking mind and all great finish guy Cradle royal rumble, et cetera. And, uh, Vince right. Man hand for so long. And, uh, just tremendous talent. And I, you know, I highly recommend people to check out his matches because he was, how, so how good. many matches are out there actually on video on, uh, YouTube Well, the most whatever. famous one out there is the, the, the back alley brawl with, uh, with Sergeant Slaughter, right? Mm-hmm. That's, I think someone actually shared it, shared it on our Facebook page. Yeah. The Mike page. Yeah. You know, Mike so Gilbert did. Yeah. So, um, uh, there's stuff out there. There's some San Francisco footage out there, um, some promos and stuff. Um, there's some stuff out there. So I, even as his older age, he was still very good and so smart and such a great worker. So, uh, what a talent! And uh, um, seventy nine still te- that's, to me that still seems so young. So like yeah. when yeah. I, so um but Daniel, you know, God bless him. So I feel fi- he he his career
0: most of his career is in a part of wrestling that you know there's not really a lot of footage of like like it's funny like in all sports now uh major league baseball in the nfl are are actually you know they actually do have footage of the 70s in in some instances but even even the nba like the nba doesn't really have a ton of footage mm-hmm. of the 70s and i feel like wrestling uh in that era in that decade Like the footage is all like recorded over, so we don't have a lot of it. But that's like that, like his prime, like the things. So, Big Dave Meltzer uh, and Brian Alvarez on Wrestling Observer Radio, they did, gosh, it was like 50 minutes on Pat. Brian introduced the topic and he talked once (laughs) in 40 minutes. Dave just went off. And, you know, he's talking about all his members because. The first show that he ever remembers going to, uh, I think it was at the Cow Palace. Pat Patterson is in the main event, so he said that he has seen more Pat Patterson matches than uh, than any other matcher. Uh, there was some stat that he gave, but he also said that uh, you know when he knew when he was talking to Pat that pat said that dave knew more about his career than pat actually knew about his career so it was really nice listening to dave you can tell uh and and, you know i I dealt with i dealt with him when bruno passed like i was actually the person that told him like hey did you know this happened he's like Mm. what and he was just you know he would I wouldn't say he was depressed. He was very sad, and I and I could sort of sense in his voice the same thing with uh, with the news of, of Pat. So you know, we're gonna have a great uh, great observer bio that that's for sure, and I'm sure he's working his ass off to get that done and up sometime you know late uh, Thursday or early Friday. But I, I guess my, my question to you is, you know, you're someone who has like studied the business. You've studied the the great wrestlers. You know, the great bookers. Like, how much of Pat? career have you actually been able to watch because of this fact that a lot of the that stuff from the 70s is there's just not really a lot of it out there
1: not as much as i want to i mean whatever's out there whatever i see I'll, i'm gonna watch his work because he he was so good like i wish there was footage of him and ray stevens's tag team so yeah i mean that that's but you know back in the old territory days they to save money they would just tape over the tape they just dad taped you know and so a lot of yep. that stuff was lost yep. there was some promotions like memphis that was smart to tape a lot of this stuff and keep it or at least jerry lawler decided to keep a lot of his um matches and stuff so that's out there uh but you know san francisco was uh one of those territories where they would just tape over and uh but it's so funny because growing up you know when i would when people would find out i like wrestling and they're older people they would always say like i really so love ray stevens and pat patterson and it was mm-hmm. like and, then I, and at the time i knew pat patterson as um old just old wrestler from the pictures <laughs> and magazines and also yeah. as like the guy that would come out during like uh pull-aparts and stuff. He was right. The one that, right. Oh. Right. And also I knew him as the first intercontinental champion because I used to love, I mean, I used to love title histories and just, just look, at them, look at them all day and just study them and, and, you know, figure out who was, who had a long reign, etc. cetera. And that's the, that's the first time I ever heard, Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> and of course, the younger fans, or I don't know if they're younger fans anymore. Uh, you know, remember he was one of the Stooges or Vince McMahon and him and Gerald Briscoe. But uh, but whatever you can find out there, I would highly recommend um, watching, uh, especially that match of Slaughter, which is still to this day a damn great match, a great fight and brawl and something you don't see today because, I you know, brawling is not like... It's kind of a really lost art, honestly, in my opinion. And and you get to see like two greats just go at it. And, you know, S- Sergeant Slaughter was no slouch either in the ring. So it was a great match. All right. So uh,
0: before we get to our interview with Rays, I want to talk quickly about Indeed. So Indeed has been a, a big time sponsor of ours uh, for quite a while now. Um, and... You know 2020 you know i was just actually having this conversation with some friends of mine and we were talking about you know working from home like because you know for your job you actually do go to go to the office um and i you know because of your job you know that that is a little bit more of a necessity but so much of of the a lot of the tech jobs are, are are working from home and we were talking about like you know what happens when this pandemic is over like how does the job how, how does just you know mm-hmm. jobs in general change you know some of these in-person meetings are you know what we've realized is that you know maybe they're not as important as as we thought that they were but you know indeed has has has, uh, has really come up big in, in this situation so 2020 Has already reshaped how we work. And 2020 is almost over. We are less than a month away from 2021, which also means that we're like three weeks away from Christmas, dude. Are you ready for
1: Christmas? No. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm ready for that Christmas bonus. That's what I'm ready for. Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, we're... our our year was just as surprising as you you know with the COVID and everything our company year was same or a little bit higher than last year which is amazing. Wow that's amazing and and plus all the money they've saved on a lot of the extra stuff that there's no more taking customers out there's no more you know all these extra expenses and so um, I don't you know so there's a lot of stuff so they save money on so hopefully that you know we don't get the the short end the stick on that situation so i'm looking forward to that to pay for some stuff i have a couple of fun wrestling ideas for gifts where i want to get the kids uh, specifically chloe and hunter and i want i'm looking uh, forward to getting that for them and my wife's going to roll her eyes but whatever yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient like we've sort of said which means every hire is critical and indeed is here to help So try indeed out. Free $75 credit at indeed.com slash blue wire. This is their best offer available. And right now uh, it is through December 31st. So, like we said, less than a month. Terms and conditions apply. Once more, indeed.com front slash blue wire. So let's throw it to this Ruby to the to the Ruby Rays interview. Um, we'll come back and we'll immediately hit uh, another break. But but then we'll talk about the AEW show. Winter's coming. We'll talk about NXT. we'll and then uh, we, you know we'll do our thing there. So let's send it to the interview with Ruby Ray's. All right, want well, to welcome to the show Ruby Ray's, who is going to be on the. Ed in San Antonio presents Poder Dos Show in Las Vegas this weekend on Saturday, December 5th. And I believe the show time got changed to 4 p.m. because I think there's some other shows that, that are also going to be uh, on Saturday. So, uh, Ray's, how's it going? Pretty good. The show is actually, at, uh, it got moved back to
2: 7 p.m.,
0: Oh, so it got back moved to its back. Original
2: time.
0: So yeah, back
2: to its original time.
0: Fight Fight TV, which is also going to show the uh, the the show, has to uh, has to change their website. But it is on Fight TV fourteen ninety nine. If you want to purchase the show, so uh, so I guess my first question is. It's got to be pretty crazy for you as a as a independent wrestler uh, f- dealing with the pandemic. I know that you know it's probably a lot harder to to find shows and to find bookings. But I mean, how excited are you to you know to be headed to Vegas and working on Ed's show? Oh, I'm,
2: I'm I'm super excited to come over here. I worked at his first show in Vegas last year, last April and that was a great time um so going back again getting to do it again i certainly looking forward to that but yeah i mean there's, there's not a whole lot of finding bookings right now <laughs> so you take what you can get and uh you know do what you gotta do
0: just from a from a mental standpoint uh how has the pandemic how have you been dealing with the pandemic i know you know lots of people uh are are finding uh, some things, you know, some things to do during the time, but you know, as someone who who you know is usually on the on the weekends was actively wrestling, it's got to be a bit of a bummer. But what have you done to kind of deal with the the whole situation? Oh, it was it
2: was definitely definitely a bummer. I went through. I'm pretty sure as much as everybody else did, went through the depression of you have this life for the past 12 years, or for me, for the past 12 years. that has been go, go, go every weekend, you know, all the time, all day, every day. And uh, all of a sudden, everything comes to a grinding halt. And you just find yourself at home, not really sure what to do with yourself and your time on the, you know, not just weekdays, weekends as well. But um, I actually always said that when I couldn't wrestle anymore, I was going to surf. So, I got back in the water and I've been out there surfing, uh, mainly bodyboarding, but getting back into that because I grew up uh, on the beaches in Ventura County. So, I'm, I'm used to being in the water a lot. I'm used to going to the ocean a lot. And I, Even when I was wrestling, I'd go to the ocean a whole lot. But now I'm, the big difference now is I'm in the water and I'm getting wrecked by waves. <laughs> I'm uh, trying to learn new stuff. It's basically, uh, bodyboarding and surfing has taken the place of wrestling where I pack up a bag on the weekends and, uh, I'll go somewhere and go surf for the weekend.
1: Yeah. And, and I've been- weekdays too. <laughs> I've been loving your passion for surfing. It's been so, for me personally, so fun to see because I love seeing my my friends just so passionate about something. And yeah, I love your posts, your videos. They they crack me up. But it's also exciting, and you're so lucky. The I'm I know we're in California too, we're in Northern California, and there's a beach over here, obviously. But like you're like right there at the beach, and so you're always there enjoying just this beautiful scenery, this beautiful pictures you post. And so I'm just uh I'm really excited that you found your passion. Surfing to help you through this this crazy year of 2020.
2: Oh heck yeah! You got to find something. If not, and if you just dwell on what you don't have, you're just gonna find it miserable and run up depressed. So I'm 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 very fortunate that I live literally like 10 minutes from the beach, and I have friends that live near the beach too, so I could go visit them.
1: That's awesome. Um, I wanted to ask you about wow, because I remember you were casted on the show I was, I was very excited about it um how did that all come about and can you explain to the fans about your character and because th- those were filmed right those matches were filmed and those television shows are filmed but they haven't aired just yet correct
2: correct absolutely um so, so uh the thing with wow came up um when suddenly out of the blue, David McLean called me. (laughs) I guess uh, they had been eyeballing me for uh, a bit now, and they were looking for someone to fill a very specific uh, role, and uh, it was very specific to the type of person I am, where they needed, like, someone who's an aggressive person, and uh, they were going to originally put me into a tag team um, with this girl uh, named Chainsaw. And I was super stoked because I'm thinking, oh my God, that's like the heavy metal sisters. heck yeah. And um, so I got a call from David McLean one day, and he, you know he tells me all about it. and uh, you know we're we're on board with everything. You know I'm on board with what he's saying, and uh, I guess he's digging my vibe. So I wound up uh, getting um all the contracts in the email, and I wound up going down to Long Beach to the wow training center and meeting Selena majors down there who, um, I was like, okay, well, you know, let's see you wrestle stuff like that. And I went in there and I, I, you know, did what I do. I did the drills the way I do. I, you know, wrestled the way I do. And, uh, they ended up pulling me out of the tag team, made me a singles competitor. And, uh, my name on wow is venomous and I was, Originally played, like I said, as a tag team, I was, I'm was, i a fighter from the toxic underground <laughs> of Los Angeles, but um, when they saw the type of person I am in real life and they got to know me as a person and know my family background, um, my character took a big switch to include more originality, authenticity of who I am. So I'm kind of like, this, I'm still fighter, the fighter from the toxic underground, but... I'm definitely. I've got that lowrider vibe. Um, if you've seen the promo pictures, like I have this really dope ass. Uh, I'm sorry for say that. Uh, this mm-hmm. really dope uh, lowrider in my photos with me, and I've got this great gear and uh, bandanas in my hair. So woo, yeah, everything was uh, everything was filmed. Yeah, we we filmed everything and uh, it's in the can. So we're just uh, just waiting to put it out there.
1: Don't any news? Any news on if they're gonna find? I know they're obviously looking for a new station, which really upset me. I really was really upset that personally, I was upset that Access TV decided not to, you know, pick up the show because I thought it was a perfect compliment to Impact Wrestling. You know, like you have Impact, and you end it with the, an hour of Wow, which it was a. Different type of wrestling show, but I mean, I found it very entertaining. I mean, I know people who listen to this podcast probably like LaRocca, like, wow, like you're always <laughs> like the serious stuff. You don't like all the fun <laughs> stuff. But I enjoyed what it was because, you know, back when I was younger, I watched Glow. I watched anything that happened in the wrestling ring. So, you know, and plus, you know, there's people I knew on the show. So I was excited for that. So I hope uh, any news of uh, uh, hopefully maybe soon will some wow news will happen and we can see the ladies compete.
2: Um, there was when the COVID rates were actually dropping down. There was a point in time where we were going to get back to the training center and get back to uh, filming with no audiences. Mm-hmm. But that was a very short lived thought as uh, things switched with COVID like really quick. Everything is so, I think the word's tumultuous right now because mm-hmm. you have something going, you know, you're going in one direction. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, COVID spiking in this county, and all of a sudden this county now has all these restrictions, and so it, it's it's been it's just hard to get that back on track, especially down here in like LA County where we're they're having the uh, the like big bigger type lockdown right now. So it, it, it's going to be, and oh, sorry, and obviously Wow is based right down there out of uh, Long Beach, LA County area. So it's it's everything's going to be very dependent on what happens with the COVID situation. And I think um, WOW's taking a very good stance and wanting to keep their wrestlers protected and always asking for our input about how we're feeling about things.
0: So, by the way, ass is never a bad word on this show, so don't <laughs> worry about that.
2: Okay. <laughs> you can
1: hear what I say sometimes. <laughs> <Like the pressure laughs>
0: uh, but... You know, you've developed this character, your wrestling persona that you've been doing for for quite a long time, and and then, you know, Wow is a little bit of a different product, and you have to sort of create or or uh, adapt to a different character. Like, how how was that process of of adjusting?
2: Um, it wasn't a. It actually wasn't a hard adjustment because the Wow character is very. It's very similar to. Um, who I am on the indie scene but definitely turned way way up like the character level is high but the weird part is in turning that character up more it's, yeah, I was able to be more of myself out there and more of myself in the ring instead of like on the indies always being like the hard-ass you know like, yeah see ya. I use that ass word yep. uh, instead of being like the hard ass, badass ass kicker, the equal opportunity ass kicker that I am on. Wow. I get to be that, but I also get to uh, sprinkle in more of myself and who I am. So I'm not, comp- you know, I'm, I'm aggressive. I mean, but I, I'm not completely serious all the time. and I'm kind of a jerk a little bit. And I'm a little bit of a douchebag. and if you, and you know me, so I'm kind of like that in real life. Yeah. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am just waiting to see the vignettes because like I, one thing I did like about, wow, my favorite part was like the over the top vignettes that they would have the, the girl from Australia with the, the horns and everything. I, they just went all out for that. So when I knew you were doing this character, I knew you were gonna be on a television show. I'm like, I can't wait to see what your vignette was going to be. So I'll wait. I'm waiting patiently. I, I can't wait. Yeah.
2: So. They're great. They're, they're really, really great.
1: <laughs> um, another show, I mean, I guess we could talk about it now. We I asked if I can ask this question. Uh, there's a, a, a really well-known award-winning television show, Glow, on Netflix. Uh, when I saw it was canceled, my heart sank. I mean, I like the show in general, but I also knew about you know the casting. So can you tell us about that and how that all went about, and when you got the news as well?
2: Um. Oh, God. So that was back in, uh, like early spring. Um, I remember, I remember this specifically because I had, uh, busted up my elbow at Suburban Fight and, like, I had to get stitches and I popped it all the way down to the burst of the And, um, there was, there were, <laughs> that show was actually looking for independent wrestlers to come and, um, you know, work on the show because, if you follow the, if you follow the storyline, they were kind of doing like an afterglow thing, and the girls are hitting like the indie circuits now, and so they wanted actual female wrestlers to be on the show to do the wrestling and to you know take up some parts. So a a male who I don't want to say his name put out a couple of uh, people's names to go down there. We got casting calls to go down there, um, and. I originally went out for, like, a part, and I didn't get it. And they're like, okay, well, you know, but we still want you to come and do some work for us. You know, okay, cool. I'm not going to say none of that. Um, I went out there, and I wound up uh, doing doing uh, one of the episodes, and then I got called in for a wrestling evaluation. So that went really well. And then here I am sitting on the verge of uh, something really really good and I get an email uh, basically I saying I'm a basically saying that because of the two-week shutdown the mandatory two-week shutdown that happened on March 13th that they were doing a postponement to the process and after that we all know that the two-week shutdown mm-hmm. and then it went further and it went further and it went further and I'm sitting here basically in limbo on the verge of being cast before the show Well, they, they did they, they they offered me a part in the show and I'm just waiting for the contract and the paperwork and now everything in the world stops yeah. and I'm sitting there and I'm communicating with other girls that I know are on the show like hey have you heard anything no we haven't heard anything no no and I am literally at my best friend's house when I see the news on uh Google that glow got canceled and I legitimately cried. I was so upset about that. Like that was like heartbreak. One of the big heartbreaks that happened this year for me. And it's all because of COVID thank you, COVID. (laughs) But that in general, I'm just saying that the show got canceled when there were so many indie girls that were going to get a shot and to be seen on this show and to be able to do their thing on the show and at wrestle on a show and it's just it's heartbreaking, you know, not not just for me, me aside, there's so many other girls that were gonna be there and do this thing and it's it's just it was a big blow. I think it's a big blow to all of us. And especially for women's wrestling too, because I feel like Blow helps get women's wrestling out there a little bit more to the people that maybe weren't watching the WWE product or weren't watching Impact, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I agree. I know there's a push by the actors and the and the creators of the show for Netflix to do a, a movie, you know, a movie to kind of wrap up the storylines, because I know there's some storylines that are obviously, you know, still open that the people, a lot of loyal fans of the show want to see concluded. So hopefully if that comes around and hopefully you get back on that, because I, I was I was I was so excited for you. And and um, I know it's heartbreaking. And but, you know, I hope they do do a movie and I hope I hope you're back in it.
2: Oh, I would love to see a movie of that. In general, heck, I'll pay. I'll, I'll pay my twenty dollars movie ticket. You know, if we are allowed to go to movies in a couple months, who knows? I know. I know. <laughs> it's,
1: it's so. It's so tough. This this year's been so tough. Of course, as we all
0: know. Yeah. So as far as uh, your background or or your start in wrestling, John shared with me uh, a few milestones of your career. I know in, uh, in 2008 is kind of when you started as a manager and then your wrestling debut was in 2012. And here we are in 2020. And you've been doing this for quite a long time now. Like, can you just give us like a little, uh, uh you know, may- maybe the, the origin story of Rays as an independent wrestler.
2: Um, yeah, that's a hard one. Um, I, I say my origin story, like they went to art school and I took up photography and I wound up doing wrestling photography and that I started as a wrestling photographer and it's just, Life led me there all the way all the way into the business, all the way into wrestling, into being a manager, and I did uh, managing for five years, and that led me, you know, managing, like, straight into the ring. It's just, I, I'm just going to sound very tippy, but I'm very much about going where life leads you, and that's where it led me. And it was really interesting that when I was a manager, you know, I'm driving out to all these shows and I'm helping set up the ring and people are teaching me everything that they can because I wasn't going to a traditional wrestling school. I was learning on the road. I was essentially apprenticed in to the business. So I'm learning from Tyler Bateman. I'm learning from people. I'm learning from, you know, all these people that I can, um, especially Tyler Bateman. He, I, he was honestly my trainer for five years. And, um, uh, when I was a manager, I felt like there was something more that I should be doing. Like, I felt like almost an anxiety that I'm not living up to my full potential. And that all went away when I decided to go to training and actually become a wrestler, wrestler from manager to wrestler. So that's, I mean, that's a very short origin story right there. But um, as soon as I went to Santino Brothers, I was there for approximately three months training under Joey chaos when he gave me the blessing, he said, you pretty much already know what you're doing. He's like, I just cleaned you up and sent you out. So after that, I just went to all the classes I could because I could go to beginners to intermediate to advanced so luchas, to this, to that. And that was working already on the Indies. So it, it's, it's a very non-traditional origin story or very, very, very traditional depending on how you want to look at
0: it. So just, uh, I so my introduction to you is obviously I would go to John's premiere shows, and I know that when he started, he was like, You know, I have this idea, you know, we want to introduce a women's title, but we want, you know, we, we want to do it the right way. And I remember seeing you on some of those shows, like, there was only a handful of women's wrestlers on those shows, but eventually. You know, it, it comes, you know, Shayna, Shayna Baszler comes in, and I, I feel like, you know, Nicole Savoy, who's also on this, uh, the, the Poder Dose show. I feel like, you know, unfortunately, Premiere probably ended, you know. Too soon, obviously, you know. As as all of us fans of Premier probably think, but you know, I feel like the the women's division was kind of just you know really really getting going there. Like, what are your thoughts of uh, of the time when you were working those Premier shows and some of the women that you worked there?
2: Um, I feel absolutely blessed to have worked at Premier. I really really loved Premier. I loved the mentality there. I loved the locker rooms there. I loved that it was, I felt like it was very sports-based wrestling. Like, it's professional wrestling, but it was very sports-based and how they kept track of the, or how John kept track of the wins and losses and it actually made it mean something Um, other than just like, oh, you lost yesterday. Well, today you get a title shot. You know, like, it wasn't anything like that. And the caliber of wrestling that happened at Premier was completely different than it was to everywhere honestly everywhere in California at that given point and probably still now because it wasn't the typical California spot and, you know, what California is known for, like, and I'm, I'm going to say this because I, I've heard other states say this, we're very flash and trash, but I never, I felt like I never saw that at premier. And so the women's division there, the, the girls that were there, I was very lucky to be a part of, especially with people like Shana, and Nicole and uh, I believe Colleen was there. Um, Kimora. that women's division was a good pick because all the all the women were all fighters, in my opinion. But we're also able to like kind of do it all. Like there was, you know, girls that were like Shana and Nicole who do a lot of M- MMA style fighting, wrestling, and then you have people like me or. Whenever we want to just slam you around sort of deal. So it was a great mix. I'm really sad that it's gone, John. I'm sad that it's gone,
1: John. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's just when, you know, the baby came and it was just like, man, I don't know if I keep from going, you know, I was the way I wanted to. So, but it was a great time. And of course you're my first pick as the women's champion. And I do not, do not regret that at all. Um, I, I'll never forget that because, um, Everyone's when I started, I introduced. Oh, I'm gonna do a championship for the women. Everyone kept saying, "Oh, so you know Nicole's gonna win it, right?" And I'm like, "I haven't decided on that yet." And then the more I kept thinking about it, I just enjoyed. Which I liked your passion. I wanted to start with. I just I remember I, I, I'll never forget it. I was at the table ringside. This is before the show started, uh, before fans were let in, and you and Tyler Bateman were just locking up at ringside just going over lockup doing some chaining in front of me and he was teaching some stuff and you were kind of like asking questions and i was like that impressed me and so i (laughs) I, I i wanted someone that has the passion and i the for wrestling i always support people that have passion for for wrestling and i just like the story of you starting out as champion and people chasing you and i know um and then, you know, and I got in contact with Shayna, and that was a, 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 a lot of fun for me because I was a fan of her just from mixed martial arts. And mm-hmm. I was really wanted to bring her in, and, she, you know, and, and I was like, man, for Shayna to win it, who the better to beat than, you know, Rays, I call you, and it's funny. I always see you as Ruby Rays Avery, and I just called you Rays for so long. <laughs> I was like, did I get this thank wrong? God. Like, I no,
2: thank God. Okay, thank okay. God, keep doing that. <laughs> I just love that name. Say- well, I, I always would, say, you know, the people that have known me for a while because they'll just call me Ray's, and honestly, that's what I prefer.
1: <laughs> okay, okay, because I, was, I, was, cause I was so, always see like a cards, I'm like Ruby Ray's. Damn, I must have got it wrong the whole time. She mustn't. She must have been too nice to say anything about
2: it. For, but,
1: specifically
0: for this show, I was like Ray's, and he's like, well, technically, her wrestling name, her full wrestling name is well, like. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay.
1: Yeah. So, so I thought you know, Shayna winning it, and would it from you would be a, a Perfect test for her, and she was excited. I mean, her promo was legit. Like that was no BS. She's like, I saw you wrestle a dude, right? And she's like, I want to fight you, and like it was a great <laughs> little promo, you know, because we always do the contenders face off and to kind of promote what's gonna happen the next show. And and my and the long term plan, because was gonna be basically a trilogy of two trilogies. Shayna would have a trilogy with you would have a trilogy with Nicole and you would, you know, each match would get harder and harder for Shayna. Then eventually like you would, you know, take her to the limits. She would go over the last trilogy match with you, but then Nicole will kind of pick up, pick the bones, you know, of, uh, what's what you did to Shayna. So she'd come in kind of injured and Nicole would get a win, but now there's a, now even though you've lost to shana there's credibility because you're the one that fans saw take her to the limit and i was hoping i was gonna have fun with you three it was gonna be a kind of a three day <laughs> race and I, of course i never got the had that planned out but i always appreciate you appreciate you tyler bateman for those long long rides from southern california to get old Gilroy. <laughs> and so, um, and, and the blessing not only was premier so much and it's one of great memories, but I got some good friends out of it. And I, you know, you, I consider you one of my good friends and you know, there's, you know how wrestling is you get out. If you get out of wrestling, there's like certain people that still keep contacting you, or check in on you. Like, you know, I call them the real ones. And like, you always, yeah. been a real, you've always been a real one. So I appreciate that.
2: Oh, heck yeah. You too, John. Definitely. You know that
1: <laughs> yeah, I do. Definitely. So, so
0: I know that uh, Ed, even though she's a Dodger fan, uh, right. even oh, though oh, she's a Dodger fan. That's a whole other issue.
2: Let's get. It. Yeah,
0: that's a little rough. But uh, I know Ed, uh, Ed, 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 uh, Ed, and I have known each other for quite a long time, thanks to our. F4W online connection there. Uh, I know he would want me to mention as well that there are tickets available. You can go to uh, the Brown Paper Tickets. You uh, should probably just search it in Google uh, a little bit better for Ed and San Antonio Productions present Poder so you can If you are in uh, Vegas.
2: Wait, I actually don't know if there's tickets available. I believe from what I understand because of the changes and COVID restrictions, that um, the tickets got capped like super low to be able to run and not break uh, the guidelines for Nevada.
1: Even Vegas, even so. even the
0: virtual gimmick table tickets. Uh,
2: I, is that the
0: is that which? So uh, let, see, we, yeah, we should we should blame Ed. He should have sent me all this information before. Make, <laughs> yeah, making know, me I go know, on Google and search for it myself.
2: I know you can't. I, I know that the live audience is already capped out. And okay. It, it, it kept, they had to cap that low. So Got anything it. beyond that, you could get it on Fight TV. And I don't know about the other.
0: I don't. I I didn't understand the virtual gaming cable So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So yeah. So so maybe Fight TV is the best spot to uh, to take. And 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 really, it's 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 a pr- it's a really good price at fourteen ninety nine. But is there anything before we get out of here? Is there anything that you want to plug? Your social media? Anything else that you know you want to send out to folks?
2: Yeah, you could definitely find me under pretty much every and all social media under the same name, and that's Razorpops. That's R-A-Z-E-R-P-O-P-S. And if you're looking for merch, I'm actually going to – I have uh, new hoodies and T-shirts that are going to go up on my website. They were supposed to go up the other day, but then I decided I wanted to make sure I wanted to wash them and stuff, wear and wash to make sure how they hold up. (laughs) You never know. Sometimes shirts shrink, so –
0: Um, those will be going up, uh, probably when I get back from Vegas. And, uh, I guess, uh, well, I, the wool. So, so just check out fight TV. That's the place to go. Um, do you, Oh, I know, I know what I was going to ask you. Do you know who you're wrestling? I haven't seen a card.
2: I don't, uh, I, I know they put on a couple of, uh, matches out there. I don't think my match was announced, but I'll go ahead and tell you guys because whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know I am actually taking on one of my long-term rivals and that is Delilah Duke.
1: Oh, okay. That's going to be a good one. You guys have good chemistry together. It's going to be a, a one that, that fans need to check out for sure.
2: Definitely. I, I have a little aggression pent up in here because of COVID. So I'm sorry, Delilah.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh thank you for coming on. Uh and I hope that we were able to get you through some of that, that drive to, to Las Vegas. But no, I really appreciate you taking the time out to come talk to us. Uh I I've known Ed forever, so I wanted to do this as well. And when John said we could talk to you, that was perfect because I know he holds you in such high esteem. And the times that I've been able to see you and, and chat with you, you've been very nice. So good luck on uh Saturday, and I hope you have a great match.
2: Thank you so much.
0: I really appreciate you guys having me. All right. That was a really fun interview with Ruby Race. John. She is such a nice person. You can just tell. And I know that your interactions with her, uh, you know, that, that, that is also your point of view with her. What a cool lady. I so much hope that, uh, you know, for her, that, that, the the thing that sucks is the glow thing that she mentioned but you know hopefully there's other opportunities out there for her because you know she's, she's such a nice person and and you know you root for somebody like her
1: yeah, definitely. You know, there's, you know, I see AEW bringing all of these women out there on their dark and they use them and, you know, I think she'd be, you know, I'd like to see her get a ch- shot with AEW and, you know, she'll be different, I, you know, she'll be different than what they're booking out there now. And I think they they would they could use something different in that division and, and you know, she can work with anyone. So let's speak it into existence.
0: Tony Khan, there is, uh, there's another, there's another one out there who could improve your women's division, Ruby Ray's. Um, okay, so before we get to our AEW NXT uh review, let's talk quickly about Bet Online. You know, I realized my fantasy football. The I, I'm in f- okay. I'm in four fantasy football leagues. I told my myself, gracious, I would never do that again. But you know, the people are creating leagues and they want you to join. But the the one league that I've been doing since 1994, when I was a senior in high school, this that's how long this this league has been in existence i realized like this football season because of covid-19 because of all the games that are being like sort of moved around uh, a lot of the players are not playing i didn't realize how deep we were into this season we are already heading into week 13 and you know, that for, for fantasy football, that is like the last week before fantasy football playoff. So man, this thing's going so, so fast and, you know, bet online, you know, NFL is such a big part of Bet Online. And, and so we are right in the uh, the swing of things for football betting with Bet Online. Uh, you know, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day. Every day, so head to bet online, take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code blue wire at betonline.ag. That is blue wire, all in one word. Bet online, your online sports book experts. And for our 49ers, they have like this really outside chance at making the playoffs, and they're trying to get healthy, and you know, maybe in like th- two or three weeks garoppolo is healthy again and kittle is healthy again so you know as a 49er fan i'm hoping that all of the signs sort of align correctly so they can make just one last dash for these for this playoffs but man this COVID 19 season is so weird so like they, weird. they had a game on wednesday yeah, it, they, they they had the, the the Steelers and the Ravens on Wednesday because so many of the Ravens players uh were were positive or were in close proximity to mm-hmm. players who were positive, so they wanted to to see if they could test negative. But man, like a
1: guy not, but, collecting the towels, play like was, my was, god, this who. Just hold the ball. We're going to kick it. Okay, sure. No problem. <laughs> I know. It's
0: nuts. Like, and, you know, sort of you know, what, what you're saying, like you're you're kind of being facetious, but there was a college, uh, I, I don't remember the college, but there was a, a woman soccer player who ended up kicking for a team because I think their kicker tested positive and, wow. you know, she made a field goal for the team. So like, that's awesome. legitimately like, like what's going on. That's all, actually, you know, hey, that's a cool moment. That's awesome. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, okay, so let's talk about these shows, and you know, I, I, I watch your Twitter, and uh, oh, as you're watching I know. these I, shows, I try to keep all
1: my stuff to the Fight Game Podcast. No, no, That's, no, 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 no people, it's great, it's great because you know, I was getting irritated
0: people, people are people are looking forward to some of that stuff, and I, and I like seeing what you're tweeting because I I go back and I and, and it kind of it's it's a little bit of like. Uh, Uh, It's a little bit of research for me to to do these reviews. But so uh, just to just to kind of tease people, let's just start with NXT first. Let's save AEW. We usually start with AEW, but I kind of want to just like tease the people and, and let's start with NXT And then we'll go into AEW, because obviously AEW, you know, put their best foot forward as far as what a a big television show is uh, for them. But, you know, NXT, it was the go-home show for War Games, which on paper is a stellar card, and it is a show that I'm very much looking forward to. So let's start with NXT, and let's start with, you know, what was the one,
1: what was one thing that you liked about NXT? Well, it's almost like every week. I just enjoyed Pat McAfee on the mic. Like, I, I never get tired of it. And he came out with a great promo. I love, I kind of, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mash these two together. I liked the Undisputed Era vignette they did. That vignette was really well done. I liked it. I thought it was really well done. Um, a little bit filmed differently, like the the subtitles. At first, I'm like, why they speak English? Why we need subtitles? But the way the audio was a little bit, but it gave it a little bit of realism. And then you got here comes Pat McAfee with his promo, just cutting everything they did in that video down, and you know the go home promo, just like adding more heat. That's all I needed to do, and like made you to me personally maybe want to see that war. I'm pretty pumped for this. I'm actually more pumped for this war games than I was the original war games. I think this, this feud between McAfee and the brand versus under Speed feels to me a lot harder when it, when it comes to the male, the male, uh, War Games match than, than the first one. So I'm looking forward to I want to see what Pat McAfee can do. Um, all those guys are all talented, you know, in the ring. Um, so I want to see, I want to see fight. I want to see war. And I hope they give that to me. If they if they can just bring that intensity they did when the Kyle O'Reilly Pete Dunn ladder match into war games, I mean, it's going to be a hell of a match. So obviously there's no fans. What we see or what we
0: hear is... Uh, I, I mean, I don't know exactly how WWE produces that sound, but you have that video board in the in in the um, the Capital Wrestling Center, and so you see the people, and I know that some of that sound is coming from them. But what I wondered is if there were fans there, do you think McAfee is? Uh, Doing a little bit of NWO there, where he's turning, you know, that team, that group, a little bit
1: babyface. Well, people just love tear to tear the heels down. No one likes the boo heels anymore, which is annoying. Um, so they might like him or they might not, because they see him as an outsider, you know. And they could, I mean, he has annoying quality about him. If you, you know, oh, he he drives me nuts. Yeah. So I mean, to me, I just it just just in all of his promo ability at you know the experience you know because not much experience as wrestling promo but god he cuts a better promo than 90 percent of the guys wrestling today <laughs> so um i think people would kind of be i think he could get some good heat you know i mean pete Dunne people love him you know the hardcore is the heart they love him you know you know only too but you know danny birch is kind of like yeah, I think they would still get heat. I, I think Underspeed Era is just a popular group. You know, they're such a, you know, legendary group. I, th- I think it, I think the dynamic would be perfect. I there, There's going to be fans there. They have those, they have, I don't know how many people that can put in that. That the little uh, cage thing. Yeah, I don't know how many people, but they, they make a good amount of noise. I know they're going to pipe in some stuff, but um, I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for the intensity. Because if the intensity is, like I said, matches the intensity of the male's ladder match between Pete Dunne and, and, um, and Kyle O'Reilly, I think. It's going to be a hell of a match, you know, uh, just, you know, you don't. We talked about this with the pandemic era with no fans. Like you kind of got to adjust your style a bit mm-hmm. and a more physical style works really totally. well with no fans. And if you watch like I do um, most weeks, I watch, you know, New Japan Strong and they do a very physical style. It works, you know, with no fans there. But there is some fans at the at the performance center, not the performance, the uh Classic wrestling, Capital it? Wrestling, Capital Center. Wrestling Center. That um, they make a good amount of noise, and so I think it's going to be good. I think those guys are going to deliver an intense battle because it's it's uh, building up. I want to see. I want to see what Pat McAfee is going to do. Who's jumping off that cage? Is Pat McAfee get that spot? I I feel like he does. He's going to kill himself. Well, and there's a lot of people to catch him. You know. I hope it doesn't break his leg or something. Oh the, the kicking God. leg. The, the oh punter, my God, that would suck. The punter. Oh my God. Uh, okay.
0: So I, I would say my, <laughs> <the punter>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so my first like is, uh, was the opener. And the reason why I liked it. So, I, you know, I've been saying this for, I don't know, since the summer, but uh, Damian Priest, he just comes across as an absolute superstar. I know he's kind of channeling The Rock a little bit. He's kind of channeling some other guys, but he just looks cool. He sounds cool. He is cool. But the reason why I like this match is because I thought it was a great matchup where you have Escobar and Mendoza. They're smaller guys. And so here in this match, Ruff, Leon Ruff didn't come across as sort of this, like, jokey underdog character. He came across to me a little bit more like, oh, he can totally go with these guys. And so I like that part of the match because the whole setup for this triple threat, and Gargano was was kind of talking about it, was, you know, even though Gargano thinks, you know, Leon Ruff is a joke, he, he also knows that he's a really good wrestler at the same time. And this is the first time that I think that they've actually shown him in action as a real guy so i liked that leading into this uh this big show because you know he's he's still the underdog but at least they showed us on you know in this match that he can go he's a good wrestler and you can't take him for granted he's still the underdog but i thought he looked really good and his guys were the right size the whole aspect of this match i thought worked in his favor
1: yeah, yeah, no, I like, I like this match, too. didn't make my, my list, but I thought it was, it was a fun match. And you're right, Leon Ruff was in a perfect environment for his style. And, you know, Raul Mendoza such a talented, underrated worker. Um, I was excited to see Santos Escobar in there with Damian Priest. I was really curious about that because, you know, Santos Escobar is, you know, a really good character, charisma, presence. Um, I think he can be more than just a Cruiserweight champion. Um yeah, there were some rough parts. The match with him, I think he still needs uh, some work on his on this on his. Uh is in ring work a little bit to kind of get to the next level. But I think the potential is there for Santos. I do more than just being the rate guy. So that was kind of cool to see. And he's not that small compared to Damian priest. I mean, Damian priest is a big guy, but he it didn't look like it wasn't jarring. Like, Oh man, like, like Jarring Gargano next to Damian priest sometimes kind of gets you. Wow, man, this is <laughs> he's like way taller than Johnny Gargano, but you know, Escobar looked like when he when they did to face to face. He looked like hey, he, he wasn't backing down. So, yeah, fun match to open it. And um, um, I think the three ways at takeover is going to be a surprise match. You know, I think it's going to be an exciting match. I want to see the story they're going to tell with it, and we'll see what happens at the end. I hope I hope Damian gets the belt again. You know, it's like, I would I you know I know he probably doesn't need it because he's so you know he just he's an over character. But yeah. I definitely want to see him as a NXT champion in the future, but I would like to see him get this belt one more time. All right, John. Now, what about your second like from this show? Oh, I liked the Cameron Grimes versus Austin Gray match itself. I thought, uh, you know, Grimes has been in this scaredy cat character of Dexter Loomis and all that for a couple of weeks, and he's been entertaining. You know, he's always entertaining. So I think a nice, solid win by him um, two weeks in a row because he did uh, beat Jake Atlas uh, the previous week or two weeks ago, I think it was. And um, to see him get a nice win like this, I thought it was uh, really good. So I was uh, really happy to see that. So um, the part
0: I-, I-, I liked the match, I thought, you know, Cameron Grimes can sometimes be this a, a little bit of a, of, of a funny comedy character but I liked the match I liked his intensity I'll tell you this is on my dislikes did no not it's on like, my dislikes too I did not like the end of that with Dexter Loomis all of a sudden showing up yep with the strap I yep. thought it was so phony and it did not make me want to see that match any more than uh than I did before
1: it phony is not the word it it killed his heat that he got from kicking uh austin gray's bad i loved when he started strapping him like i started strapping austin gray like okay get you know you know set example bring some fear back into your character when you when you're gonna go against next loomis i wouldn't mind Dexter Loomis just showing up but i would love to see like the, a stare down and like uh, and then and, and, uh camera grimes get one more whip right on austin gray and just bail out like you know just kind of yeah and then you know that's that's all I needed. That's, that would have been perfect. But you, him coming in, taking a punch, taking a strap already before the match even happens, you know, like that. I just thought that was just ill advised. So it just killed his heat that he was building in that post match uh, after birth, uh, the you know whipping of Austin Gray. So my next
0: like is uh, the tag team match. I, the wrestling inside of that tag team match was really good now the Imperium versus grizzled young vets they're not the larger than life kind of characters but they're really good wrestlers so that match for as long as it went I thought the wrestling was good on the flip side I kind of worry about uh whatever rise the being involved now I'm all for giving you know these teams a shot like they need to get in the mix but their characters are a little bit more on, uh, you know, to, pair, to 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 you know to, to to do one of your your words a little bit. They're a little bit of Gaga, mm-hmm. but though, so I worry a little bit about Imperium and Grizzled Young Vets kind of getting involved in that. Now, I, I think they would be great at it. Both teams, you know, in in that environment, I think could be really fun, but. Because they're such good wrestlers, I worry about the 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 addition of EverRise similar to, you know, what I say negatively about Brizongo. But um, but the match in of itself was solid. I just I, I didn't like the aftermath of it. I didn't like them getting into the match, really. I, I think there's a better way to sort of get EverRise involved. But that that's more of like a worry of where this goes by adding EverRise more so than necessarily... I just don't like it for for what it was. I, I I just I'm I'm kind of wondering how you mix those guys in with these two really really good tag teams.
1: Well, I think well you know Ever Rise is not a bad team. Like they're a good working team. Of course, we haven't really seen their full potential. I think they're good workers or. I when they got beat up by um, Imperium, I was like, "Oh man, poor Everrise." That's what I first thing I thought, <laughs> right? And but so when they came back for disqualification, I actually liked that because like Everrise has to do something to kind of get more than just being the team that just the job team of the of the of the show, right? Right. They remind me of a little with a little more personality. Obviously, the conquistadors like the conquistadors were always good, solid team. They won here and there, mostly lost, but they're a reliable team, right? And so it was nice to see them get something. Uh, to me there's just obviously a three way match is gonna happen. This could be the takeover pre show match. I don't know. I'm not hundred percent sure they've even announced that yet on you know what match they've announced for that, but I can see that being added mm-hmm. on there. Um, or obviously they could be added on to the next show of the following week, next Wednesday. Um, the match itself, I didn't make this didn't make my likes or my dislikes. It was very Rare for me to not like an Imperium match. I thought the match was good. Um, there was some rough stuff in the beginning. I I thought um, uh, Fabian Eichner and James Drake were having some issues. Some you know some stuff. I thought they were pissed at each other. Like why weren't they weren't really coming together? But it, it settled down. And and uh, you know you know Zach Gibson such a great personality, good heel. This was the problem of the match was they're both heels. So yeah. no, that was that that was.
0: <laughs> definitely a part of it and what was interesting about that is um i was paying attention to the thunderdome board or the cwc board because i was kind of wondering wade barrett makes this statement and he's like i don't i don't remember exactly what he said but he was like something like you know, who do you root for or something like that? And then I realized I was like, yeah, who do you root for? And so then I started watching the board and the I don't, I don't know if the producer who's kind of telling the people, w- you know, w- what we want from the sound like was just like, I don't really know. But there wasn't a lot of uh, cheers or boos in this match. It was just kind of like a, a, a like a, a sound that was just consistent, but not up or
1: down. Yeah, I was mostly focused on the, the live fans there, and they seemed to be, they didn't know who to cheer for because they're both heels, right? So, and plus I thought it kind of hurt the psychology because I, I was trying to figure out, like, well, at one point it felt like the Grizzling and Veterans were going to be the baby or the baby phase of the match, but then, like, then Imperium the started working as the baby face at some time. So it was, it was a little rough. And then, you know, at points, and then and now Everrise is another heel team. So now they got three heel teams wrestling yeah. each other. Um, so it's, uh, that's interesting to me, uh, but uh, I'm happy that the Grizzly young veterans are back. They're a really, really good team. Happy to see my you know, my my team Imperium back. You know, I haven't seen them for a few weeks, and you know they're so talented. God, could you, could you see how strong Fabian Eichner was to, to catch? Um, who did he catch? Was it James Drake? And he just or and he just muscled like. You know that whole catch suplex spot, right? Usually the guy catch, you catch him higher, and, you're, and the guy you know puts his feet together, and you're able to hold him up. And you know, obviously, the bottom guy has to have some strength too. But but he like nearly lost him and had to muscle him up in that suplex. Like Fabian Eichner is just a beast. So um, uh, you know the Perium. So I I like to see a second match between the two teams. I think it'll be a lot better. Uh, what else is on your list? Um, I this has been a segment that happened last week instead of this week, but I like the Champa Thatcher segment. I that, was, that was the, that that was on my list as well. I thought that was really good. The the one before where you know Thatcher's distracted by <laughs> Champa just getting yeah. out of the seat, yeah, um, just drove me insane. But this segment here was good, and I'm really curious about their match. More the result than the quality match. And the quality match is going to be really good. I would like to see Thatcher get the win here. I'd like to see a, maybe a program between these guys. I hope it's not a one and done thing between these two. Well, the thing that I liked about this is
0: I was really worried. I was really worried that Ciampa was going to come in and he was going to out Thatcher's Thatch can Thatcher. That, that was my worry. And I was like, oh, my God, I hope that's not what they're doing. But no, he goes in there and I think he punches him. Mm-hmm. And so Thatcher goes down. Obviously, that's not Thatch, just Thatch can. And so then, I don't know who was who the guy that Thatcher's student or whatever that that, they, that was helping him out.
1: I think they call him Taylor Rust, right? But his Rust Taylor um, was a New Japan strong, and he's also a fixture in SoCal. I remember him when he was a skinny little kid. So now he's, you know, just thick and wide and, you know, um, um, so now he's there. He's the new one of the new class. And um, I, I like that, though. He jumped in, like, you know, and helped yeah. out. And that's was a distraction. And did you see what happened during Thatcher's promo in the background? No, I didn't see it. Uh, the manager, um, I don't know what he's called on NXT, but Stokey Hathaway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In the far background, you see him coming up to Russ Taylor or Taylor oh. Rust and kind of give him his business card and russ taylor takes a look at it and kind of like hmm, cool and kind of walks off so looks like uh stogie hathaway who, who was uh managing the uh the big indian team is going to be finding his way back on tv soon I, i'm guessing from that so and, and so so champa shows up
0: uninvited it's kind of been a dick <laughs> and he takes a shot at thatcher gets his own comeuppance and then thatcher puts him in the, what was it a guillotine or, or something uh, but but, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I like that part because Th- Thatcher's the submission guy. Like that, he's the he's the Thatcher's Thatch can guy. So it would it would have been you know not not great as far as I'm concerned for Champa to come in and beat Thatcher at his own game. So I liked that part of it. It was really a logical uh, thing, and it was it was liter it was my favorite thing on the show when I was watching it. I was like, this is this is so. Cause I was so worried about them doing it a little bit backwards. I was like, nope, they did it exactly, perfectly how it should have been done.
1: Yeah, yeah. That well, that really needed something, especially after last week and that sell by Champa. Like he just fell straight down. Like you mm-hmm. would really be out. You would fall that way. Maybe even believe for a second. But damn, they just let himself choke out and take that but i know he wouldn't because he would hurt his neck and you know that would be bad bad yeah, news yeah. for him specifically so uh but yeah it it's really good i just wish it happened last week and <laughs> instead of what we saw last week so yeah yeah totally all right anything else um at the end there i overall i like shotzi versus raquel gonzalez um the latter match of course it's not gonna live up it's it's hard to live up to you know pete dunn and kyle riley right that was a sensational match but i was more impressed with raquel in this match because just her growth as a um a worker and being you know in this type of match i thought she did a really good job and shotzi is just she's just nuts right? she's not like a, a great athlete but she's just ballsy right as she says so um they didn't do anything too too crazy it was kind of kept uh, together i wasn't sh- i didn't dig all- the way the interference happened like how that kind of bothered me eo looked cool glad that she's gonna be in it um those jeans were sensational those pants were sensational that's my favorite part my favorite thing about that <laughs> uh but you know it's it, it was better than i expected when i saw like oh wow a ladder match and the girls are both inexperienced but i thought they did a good job for their level experience level. So this
0: is an interesting one because the part that I liked was sort of the end, like the, mm, the way that that show ended, it just, it, it looked cool. It made that whole thing feel important. The part that I didn't like and is actually on my dislikes is the match itself because I felt this is not Raquel's style of match where she's going to shine. Like it's, you know, like any any big man ladder match in WWE history, like the big man is always there to sort of catch people, right? And so I, I was just like, why is Raquel in this match? Because this is not the style of match that is going to accentuate her strengths. Now, I don't think that she did a bad job. I just didn't like... The fact that she had to be in this match, Shotzi was fine. You know, if they could have put someone else in there, that I think would have been better. Uh, but I did enjoy sort of the way that the show ended with all, you know, all the baby, all the baby faces kind of posing or whatever. It, it did make that feel pretty important, pretty, you know, looking forward to, to that Pay per view or the the takeover, but just the I I didn't like the pairing. I didn't like you know when you have a ladder match as a main event on television, it sort of has to be like excellent, and this was okay, but it wasn't good enough. I think to where. You know, the, this this is the this is the match that that you're putting on the main event of your show. You know, back to back ladder matches. You're always going to compare them. You know, you, like you mentioned, I just didn't I just didn't feel like Raquel was the right person to do it, and um and and that's why I, I didn't really like it. But overall, the angle the angle that ended the show I thought was really fun, and WWE does that that sort of thing very well. You know, heading into like the the big shows.
1: Yeah, the the posing at the end it was a cool visual, but they're posing to the hard cam, which I know television production, right? Of course, mm-hmm. but the heels are to the to the right of them. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it would be cool if they would, you know, get a floor cam behind the heels, looking at the solidarity of these Bay faces coming together as this war games team that's going to take them on. I thought that was kind of weird. They're like just posing to the hard cam and the heels just standing inside looking all disheveled because now Eos joined the group. So, uh, but you know, I thought Raquel did a great job. I, you know, you know, I know ladder matches are usually people who are both smaller and are flying all around the ring, but you know, she played her part well as a power girl and you know, if you're looking at an advantage in a match, once you bring your cleanup hitter in there, that's you know, oh, but a- but but also the match
0: it wasn't really Raquel and Shotzi. It was like so many people involved in that oh match. yeah there had
1: to be smoke and mirrors like i said and, they're they're inexperienced yeah. level you know yeah
0: yeah totally and, and so i get that i just wish i don't know i, I, I like i want to see raquel like just super strong like mm-hmm. unless she's facing ria right like ria's the one who she can who who can go toe to toe now you know if she if she faces EO at some point you know then then okay i get that you know for the title or whatever then she's got to take some bumps or whatever i i just want to see her super strong and only the 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 toughest of the toughest kind of sets her down so that that was just my my feel of like the psychology of the
1: whole thing well i think the psychology is when it came to shotzi versus raquel i think one-on-one a regular match raquel does use her strength and kind of overpowers Shotzi and Shotzi really has to fight from behind, etc. But here with the ladder, the no rules part of it, it gives Shotzi an advantage. Who's already been established as this character. Who's just, you know, balls to the wall, doesn't care about her own health. You know, my, my, you know, you know, so like, you know, she'll do whatever to win the match. She'll, she'll, she'll take a risk. And, you know, I think, she, you know, I thought, it, I thought the psychology was, was, was good. What did you think of
0: that little uh, vignette that they did with uh, with with the babyface
1: female (laughs) war games team? It's a little much, but you know the yeah, it was a little little bit little bit showbiz, but I mean, Rhea kind of just fits in that environment, yeah. You know, yeah, she 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 Ember just felt like she was like. Out of place, but ria like I, I saw the clip on you know, online where actually ria shows up and, and you know joins shotsy before Ember, so I thought that was, um, it just you know, obviously very Hollywood, but you know, I, I think Rhea's has she's a natural out there, so you know, like she, yeah, it, it was good. I like, I mean, it was, I didn't hate it or or love it, but it was fine. I, I got a kick it's har- of it, harmless stuff, harmless yeah. stuff, right. All right, what about the dislikes? Well, we already talked about one of them, so I'll just take my other one, my last one. I just I don't. Other than seeing what the hell that it's going to be at the end, the Lee stuff is just too out there, man. Like it was, it was very wacky. I was. I was like, I, were they getting watered? I, 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 yeah, I don't know how. I <laughs> yeah, I don't. How am I supposed to feel when I'm watching that? Yeah, I was uncomfortable. You know, seeing maybe that's how we're supposed to, to feel. I guess maybe I, we're just I, supposed to feel uncomfortable well now you're right because this person this woman who's this who they fear is torturing them and gonna be i guess i guess gonna make them into killers right yeah so um that's i assume i don't know what i mean i don't know when it's gonna end i feel like we got war coming and like i said i'm i don't know i i'm waiting for i'm just waiting to find out because i want to see them kind of stop this goofiness but well the other thing is the way that they shot that I originally,
0: when I was zooming through the commercials, I completely passed it, and I was like, "Wait, was that something I was supposed to watch?" And so then I went backwards, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I am actually supposed to watch this." So I wonder how many people uh, did actually get to get to see it because it looked like a commercial, it looked like it just fit in
1: the commercials, and I and I fast forwarded through it originally. Yeah, it it, it kind of like almost like you thought it was a. Um, like like a movie trailer too because I yeah, was fast forwarding yeah. too like I fast forward the commercials tonight and, and I thought uh, <laughs> I thought I was like wait well, okay I gotta do the same thing I gotta go back and I gotta kick out of the old man though like do you remember like an actor named Mako from like, K- like Conan the Destroyer I'm like I don't know if he's alive. I'm like they should have got Mako. He would have been perfect for this role, you know. I just kind of get a kick out of that, but it's it's just too Gaga for me, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah. And I'm ready for this. Like I said, I'm waiting for it to end, and let's hope. I don't hope it's not too much longer.
0: Yeah. So the only dislikes for me were the uh, the Loomis thing, and then you know, depending on you know what you think about Ever Rise, and then the actual match itself. But you know, we we can move on and actually get to AEW because. I imagine we're going to disagree a little bit about this show because nah. the very first thing that is on my list is the Mox Omega match. But I will have a caveat with now, depending, you start. On,
1: <laughs> you start.
0: Well, de- depending on what you think of the actual angle, mm-hmm. I'm sort of separating the match from the angle and there was one thing that i think if they if if uh mox and omega can kind of like do this all over again so there's this spot where omega goes to the top rope and then he falls off the top rope before moxley can push him i think the idea was that moxley was going to push him into the heater it was and so then omega was going to Hit the heater and just be down for a couple minutes because you know then then the referee was going to come in and I by the way when I'm watching this I'm going like can we count <laughs> like if I'm Moxley I'm the champion no the the AEW referees don't count can we count this this is going to be a countdown, no, so Moxley wins they don't understand so, so anyways so that spot got screwed up I think if they hit that spot the uh sort of the momentum of the match changes. Now, what I liked about the match, I thought it was sort of like three matches into one. So, you had the beginning which was a little slow, you're kind of building up, you know it's going to be a long match. And, and and the reason why it's a long match is because you want to extend so that you draw that rating. Like it, I think it's been proven that long matches sort of build ratings. And and so That totally makes sense to me. So you start slow and then they sort of changed to a little bit of a brawl. And then they went to that, you know, a little bit of that sort of like New Japan stuff. Now there are people who were like, why didn't Moxley pin him? What's the chair thing? Like, I sort of look at that as that's his, you know, both of them probably their Minoru Suzuki kind of thing. If you didn't like that part of the match, I totally get it because it did come a little bit out of left field. This match was not a five-star match, but as a long TV match and you know me, you know, if the, if a match goes past 20 minutes, I'm like looking at my watch going like, "Okay, when is this thing going to end?" I specifically made sure to like not check my phone. I'll tell you what I did because I knew this was going to be a long match. Uh, I have these uh, weighted uh, weighted gloves. I, I literally just started shadow boxing cuz I'm just like what am I going to do so that cuz people are texting me, I'm getting tweets. I'm like how do I just like put my phone down and not hear what's going on or you know not see what's going on and just pay attention to this match. there's literally just shadow boxing in front of
1: the TV throughout the entire match. We talked about our page views being over 5k media. I think we got to throw the shadow boxing <laughs> Gary Gonzalez watching <laughs> tv <laughs> my so, so okay so now that you, know, you told me you, this i cannot get this out of my head i'm no, sorry no, no no so
0: you've talked about chloe your daughter you know where you show her a few matches so you know i i um my stepdaughter ada she comes in and she's for whatever reason she's interested in in this match. Like she literally didn't watch any of this show. I think she was just bored. And so she was like, I've been to every room in this house and now I'm going to come into the, into the living room. And so she just starts going boo, Mm -hmm. boo. And I'm like, I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, I don't know. Like I, Like, aren't you just supposed to like, supposed to like boo when you're watching this stuff? (laughs) I I don't know who she was booing. (laughs) So, so she, she just thought it was part of the thing, right? So she, she's, she's five years old.
1: I have a question about that.
0: So she thought, she just thought like, oh, that's what you do when you, you know, when, when wrestling comes on there, there's some booing that's goes on. And so then I, I point out, I go, you know, that the guy in the, in the camel pants, like he, I, I do podcasts with him and she's like, Oh. Like is he your friend? And I'm like, I, I mean, I don't know if we we are necessarily friends, but yeah, like you know, we we uh, I enjoy talking to him, so I could say I think you could say he he's my friend. And then I said, but the other guy, I just interviewed that other guy like two weeks ago, and so she all of a sudden had a vested interest because you know. People, two people I know, and so her whole thing was that guy's famous because he's on TV. Are you famous? Like, no, I'm not famous. He's famous. I just get to talk to him. And so she she stayed with the match for about I don't know, about fifteen minutes, which was actually much longer than I thought she would have stayed with it. But anyways, um the finish was what it was. I'm going to sort of withhold judgment to see what they do. Not necessarily the thing that I thought they were going to do, but you know, the thing that I say about these kind of things is, AEW because they are a startup company, um, because they are a young company. You know, I, I've worked for startups pretty much my whole life, and with startups, the thing you got to do is you have to take risks. You got to measure. You have to learn quickly, and if something works, then you got to figure out how to do that again. And if something doesn't work. You got to cut bait really quickly and move on. So, to that extent, them taking this risk, whatever impact wrestling this relationship, this partnership, Don Callis, Kenny Omega, sort you know, again, the, the article that J D Oliva wrote, you know, uh, uh, Don Callis is, is is sort of you know setting uh, setting the tone you know weeks ago about you know about this relationship. I personally, I think Don Callis and Kenny Omega, awesome together. I just don't know how the impact thing fits, but I'm willing to sort of see it through. I want to see what they do. Um, you know, you mentioned, I don't know, You mentioned this a couple weeks ago about. Uh, Tony Khan, you're like, ah, oh, you know, booking is hard, going week to week, How you know, he's been doing it for a year now. You kind of go through this ups and downs, like, is he sort of uh, creatively bankrupt? And I think it's an interesting thing that we can kind of track, which is, this is definitely a, an experiment. And is this a creative decision that is made that is going to Fast forward, you know, really promote these storylines, or is this what you said a couple weeks ago? Mm -hmm. Is this sort of the result of man? I'm, you know, I've been doing this for a while. This is, you know, I'm really, I'm really tired. I, you know, I, the, the, this job is hard. I I don't, I don't know that yet, but, but I'm very interested in seeing what happens. And, Mm -hmm. um, I, I would say I really like this match. I, I, I saw it the whole way through, um. Moxley and Omega are, you know, two of the maybe four best guys that I would want to see in this match. And I was invested. Now, if you tell me that you did that, there were things about the match that you didn't like, I totally get it. If you didn't like to finish, I totally get it. But just that, whatever, I don't know how long they went, 30 minutes or 35 minutes or whatever it was, I was invested in it And I really
1: liked a lot of what they did. Yeah that, I mean the, the finish I like the cliffhanger I mean it's a good cliffhanger Especially a big show you need something that's gonna grab you For next week and this definitely Did um, uh, I, I'm trying When it was over I really thought about the What's the benefit of this right mm-hmm. To me it benefits more impact than AEW, other than, than there'd be some influx of talent. But I was trying to think, who would they get that's really going to give you get you buzzing? You know, who would Impact send over to get people go, wow, man, I mean, who they have, Fala Ball and TJP? Like, <laughs> I mean, I know I mean, that I mean, maybe, Eddie, maybe um, Eddie Edwards is a good worker, but, yeah. you know. But you know he's Gallows a, and Anderson. Gallows and Anderson, maybe if New Japan wants him to right? I don't know that that if that. Uh, I, I, I mean, I think Rich Swan could
0: work a style that really, fa- you know, that really caters to that AEW style. The
1: Motor base. City Machine Guns versus the Young Bucks. I can see people, you know, getting you know, the fans. of The Young Bucks would love those matches. I think they've had matches in the past that were, you know, that people of that style enjoyed. But like I think still I think it was a great coup by Don Callis to kind of work this out and for get some attention on because Impact was just you know just just Impact it just it's just there um, you know I've watched a couple episodes here and there I I dig I'll dig something for a little while but then you know to me they just they've been doing this almost like a BTE light. You know they, it's funny tna was always WWE light to me and then now they're now they're to me AEW light or bte light because they do like these stupid like wrestle house segments and this off the wall shit that's just so stupid and you know so what, what way if to the get benefit is just callous yeah no i think callous is a great personality i think he's uh I think he adds a lot to that packaging, you know, to get some heat on Kenny Omega, I think he'd be a good manager for him. Um, yeah, maybe that's the benefit of it. That's what. That's, and then the deal is to get some, you know, get some talent over there. I still think, I thought impact, I said a couple weeks ago, I thought impact would be a good place to send some of these guys that they, they see for the future, but not now they don't, they're not, they, they can't figure him in now, but like a top flight, you know, send them over there. Um, a uh, couple other kids they have you know what them about there. the elite yeah. Huh? <laughs> what about these the, the rapper guys the acclaimed <laughs> we'll I'm gonna get to them later um, yeah the, the acclaimed they're... there you go another you know. oh, but like a guy like you know he has some good athletic ability like lee johnson like yeah let him go over there and get some experience sure. get some time yeah you, you, know? you mentioned that
0: like two weeks ago on this mm-hmm. show yes yeah, so, and yeah. and when i saw that the first thing i thought was like John, you know, John mentioned this two weeks ago. Now he he thought the relationship or the partnership would be a little bit different, like a talent trade, like not necessarily
1: this, you know, the way that they're presenting it now. But at the same, I was mostly thinking like, you know, Impact would benefit from get some fresh new talent for their show, and then at the same time, AEW benefit from their from their talent getting some experience on television to be ready for TV when they come to TNT. Um, but the match stuff I did not like. Now, I, I need you to figure out something for me because I, I feel like I missed something. Okay, yep. so two weeks ago, John Moxley's attacked in the back, right? Yep. Okay. So then this past week, they had, um, last week, they had a a contract signing again, where Kenny Omega comes out. But before that, Kenny Omega had a promo talking about, you know, how they had a match before Moxley won it, but that was more of a Moxley-style match. Mm-hmm. Of just the violence and all the, you know, blunt attacks, etc. And he was basically trying to goat John Moxley to test him in a one-on-one wrestling match, right? I want to see if you can beat the best bout machine gentleman's agreement gentleman's agreement okay now from what i remember obviously moxley comes out attacks attacks omega leaves him laying with the death rider on the title belt right and moxley said like gentleman's agreement i don't think so i'm still gonna wrestle my type of match right Mm -hmm. but during this match and when the angle happened Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone are are told that to, and even Excalibur are told to sell it like this is unbelievable. This is horrible. This is this this is how can Kenny Omega do this? So they had a they had a gentleman's agreement, but last week they Mox has said he was not going to have it. So that really put a really confusing. The, the match is already confusing. It didn't, to me it was ass backwards. It was so frustrating to watch for me. Um, you know you know the match the part you talk about the match where moxley hits the death rider what do you call it now he's called it death rider there or something like yeah that? i think double on so. double on dt and he doesn't pin or cover mm-hmm. omega and he just gets up gets two chairs which is stupid because this is a non this is not a no rules match this is of a, a standard championship match and he just puts the chairs in the middle of the ring and then they have a slap fest a barstool fight if you want to call it and it just totally killed the men of the match it made the match went to a halt what they were doing and that drove me insane so that was a big and like for we've seen for a year and they've done a great job with this and Moxie has done a great job of protecting himself with this they've made him a smart babyface champion which we've seen on in recent history that you know, be so frustrating because a lot of times they're not booked that way. But here we're seeing a a, a true Bayface who's smart, who's ahead of the game, who's a step ahead. And in this one match, it, he becomes an idiot. Like, why would you cover? I mean, who let him let him kick out? Like, you know, let him kick out of it or get a foot on the rope, whatever. Like, the whole thing killed it for me. And they had this stupid match that killed the momentum. Okay, and then that was just just drove me insane. And then. um the first part of the match, Omega's working on the knee after the after the brawling in the outside that that, you know, Mox does. He takes him on the outside. The referee follows him out, doesn't even count. You know, Moxley, you know, has been a, <laughs> wrestling for a very long time. And Kenny Omega is a Hall of Famer now, and they can't understand how to work a frickin count with a the referee. They can't do it. They just they're lazy and they're. Just like, oh, just come out with me and, you know, don't forget about counting because I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to brawl around, do some, all this stuff, all of the building. And it just looks so stupid. It's a standard wrestling match. If there's no rules, I would get it and I would be fine with it, but it's not. It was promoted as a standard wrestling match. So that drove me insane. A little tidbit that drove me insane was uh, during a commercial break. And once again, the, the, the God of Luthes, the, the ghost of Luthes, John, don't, don't fast forward this. You watch, watch this stupid shit. And there I see John Moxley get Omega in the slingshot position, slingshots him on the floor. He hits the, Omega hits the ring pose. Boom. Takes a bump. Moxie throws him back in the ring. Within 30 seconds, Omega's back on his feet. hits a dragon a screw leg whip. Like, come on, man. Like, I know it's cool in the video games. Like, you can do that and no one really feels any pain because it's a video game, but we're trying to sell some realism here, right? So, protect some stuff like that. The slingshot in the Fucking post should be protected. Fuck. Jerry Lotto won the world title that way. My goodness. <laughs> fucking gracious. And then. So that starts the part of the match. The early part of the match. Where. You know. Omega works on the lake. And you know. Mox is doing a good job selling it. Until he just fucking stopped selling it. For the rest of the match. Which drove me nuts. Like it didn't play into the finish. It didn't play into a, a, a near fall. It just. It just was lost. It was all. Now we're going to do our standard. Big moves. Everything's going to be hitting shit. And kicking out. Oh my god. And you know what. I mean. I'm. You no, know it also pissed me off too. Do you know what pissed me off? One thing, my pet peeve. No, <laughs> the lockup at the beginning of the match between two guys that have just been attacked and beating each other up in the back, etc. They just have a nice little lockup. Bing. All right, we're going to have a wrestling match. And they're going, you know, they're doing this typical stuff of like, you know, side headlock working because they're going long. Omega's working on a leg because they're going long. They're not working on a leg to build to something with that knee. They're just killing time because it's a long match. And I know they had some issues with the, the, the... It was really cold out there and everything, but my goodness gracious. So the part that you said about the gentleman's agreement,
0: that is also a part that I didn't... Like, I was like... I must have missed something. Like, did this happen on BTE? Did this happen on Dark? Because I don't remember. Do stuff remember on this. BT? No, no, I don't no. Think he does. No, so obviously no. not. No, but th- like, but that's why I was like, I was like, where did I miss this? And you know, I, I I watch these shows, but a lot of the times, you know, I'm watching them while I'm working, or I'm watching them while I'm doing, you know, I'm cooking or something for making dinner. And so it is quite possible that I missed some statement. But I, I was also i was also a little bit confused about that part so that that completely 100
1: percent um yeah you know I, in, I any that of that. our listeners like f- please fill us in because like they're like you know jim ross and and choney specifically basically were freaking the hell out and they told so dis- everyone's everyone's upset with omega right Tony khan gets his little spot yell at omega the other wrestlers and production from the back are upset with omega etc it's like I must have missed something because I'm no damn sure that Mock said, ah, I'm still doing what I'm going to do. You know, I'm not going to fall for this BS. Right. You're going to have to fight me in my style, too. So anyway, so the spot you're talking about, yes, it was supposed to be where Mock shoves off Omega. Omega's supposed to fly into that um, that the heater they had set up. And um, what happened was, you know, Omega slipped. He fell down. I give them credit for covering up real quickly. They didn't freak out. No one freaked their veterans. They've, they've been there before. Um, that was cool you know they still you know he still knocked you know you know mega into it did hit the death rider again into the <laughs> heater but really didn't get the effect i think they wanted to maybe more of a crashing into that heater and breaking it it's kind of just kind of like well i, I
0: think it the back. thing that 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 the announcers didn't sell hard enough is <clears throat> when I, when i saw him hit that thing i was like oh what is that thing and and then somebody said it was you know it was a heater and then and then that was it it was it wasn't like oh my God, Kenny Omega hit this thing that we are using because it is 40 degrees Mm -hmm. out here Yeah, and we need, you know, they didn't sell it like that. So I was kind of confused. Then I sort of figured out, I was like, oh yeah, because it's really cold. The only reason I know it's cold is because I know that they're outdoors, but they mm -hmm. didn't really explain that to people, I don't think.
1: No, they, they quickly mentioned it, that they have fans there and that they have heaters to keep them, you know, warm while they're cheering away and, you know, watching this hot action. They got the heaters going. What they should have done, explained, like, hey, it's cold out here. We got our jackets on, you know, during their intro yeah. with Jim Ross yeah. and them. And showed even, hey, we need to put heaters out there because it's really cold net ring and, you know, we're trying to protect everyone and, you know, be everyone comfortable and whatever. But anyway. And, and, and honestly, you know, the thing, of course...
0: Omega hits the heater, it's not as built as as to this important thing like I wanted it to. But, you know, I already mentioned this. The other thing that bothered me is like there was no count out. Like I was like Paul Turner cannot count. Count this dude out, and then he's gotta rush back into the ring, or Moxie doesn't wanna win that way, and then he throws him into the ring, but there was no count at
1: all. Yeah, so so yeah, there's yeah, so he's Omega is now injured. Don Callis is freaking out, right? He's hurt. He's knocked out. We need some medical attention here. Out come the more referees. Out come medical physicians to check on him. And then Mox just comes out, starts tossing referees to the side and throws Omega in. So who, tell me, that's why I asked about your your, your stepdaughter. Like, who did she thought was the bad guy? Because to me, the mad guy was John Moxley in this match. Omega started a match. Fair and square, he locked up. He was wrestling clean. Moxley was the first guy to take him on the floor and start brawling. You know, Moxley was throwing him into ring posts and guardrails. Moxley um, brought chairs in the ring. Moxley starts throwing officials around and throws them back in like everything of a heel, which was ridiculous. So I was very confused. I What'd you think about that? Did you, did you feel Omega was heel? Uh, to me, he a baby. When
0: I was watching... So, so this goes back to what we were talking about when Omega was doing the stuff with the page, which is when he was doing those interviews, he was coming across as pompous. But then when he was in the ring, he wasn't actually wrestling as a heel. So, this goes back to Cody Rhodes' statement that, you know, uh, we don't really do heels and baby faces and everything is sort of this, like, shade of gray. So... I, I you know in the ring I was just like okay Moxley is a babyface as Austin is a babyface which is in his mind omega selling you know hitting this heating pad or this this heater uh it's like okay, he hit that thing, but look, I'm here to win a match, and I have I have the title. I gotta win, so I'm gonna throw him back in, and I'm, I'm gonna win this match. And so it's sort of like, you know, as far as as I, I'm within the rules, I, I'm I'm gonna do what it takes to win this match. And it wasn't until. Omega and Callus conspired with the microphone and stuff, where Omega actually did wrestle like a babyface. But even then, you know, he did that one thing, but it's not like he then cheated to win. He then hit all of his moves in and won. So he still sort of wrestled I'm a normal there. Omega
1: match. Because uh, he can't do anything else. That's how he only knows one way. And he's exposed, he's exposed in United States wrestling. Um, well, okay. So, so what
0: should he have done? After jamming, uh, jamming of the mic because when I was watching that, I know a lot of people uh, were were saying, "Oh, you know, this is the Montreal screw job or whatever." But the, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the match that I was thinking of was Austin and Rock from WrestleMania Seventeen, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that that's the match that I that I thought of. So w- if when Omega actually has the help. Like, like, what is the right finish in your mind because I, I'm watching this, and I'm thinking, you know, okay, Austin gets McMahon. McMahon hits rock with a chair. Austin hits rock with a chair. Mm-hmm. Austin has to hit him again. but i don't I don't remember Austin
1: then hitting a stunner. He just continues to heal on him, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they needed a ref bump, honestly. They needed a ref bump. where some something major needed to happen to Mox. First of all, Another thing pissed me off this match. So we see Mox now. After all of a sudden, Mox forgot to sell. day, you know, that didn't mean anything anymore because now they're done with that. They start doing the whole before the before the heater spot. They do the whole you know back and forth kick out. Omega's hot hitting a bunch of V triggers, a million V triggers. He even hit one as Mox as a tope and he catches him on the outside. It looks really it looks really awesome. Like he survives that right. But holy shit, that damn microphone knocked him loopy. You know what I mean? Like, he just kicked out of, like, harder strikes than the damn microphone he hit you with. And, of course, instead of getting his heat and pinning him right away with the microphone, you know, that would have been the best. Like, you're right. Now he just goes up and does a bunch of moves, hits his finisher. Like, it's just... Ah, man. Just, to me, this is just hot garbage. I'm sorry, but I just... This was... This was totally ass backwards, and um, I was surprised I was surprised by it personally, so all my all right. dislikes, as you
0: can tell <laughs> all right so so what is on your likes list? We'll I have get, one we'll get
1: back to the script. <laughs> I have one. It was nice to see Sting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was that was it. I happy to see Sting cuz I'm a stinger. I'm a little stinger. I'm a fan of Sting. I've loved him for since I first saw him in 1989, right? He captured my attention and my imagination. I thought this guy was great. As we reviewed WTCN I just love watching him, you know, the classic Stinger with the face paint and the the Bart Simpson haircut, you know. Um, always excited to see him. Uh, but And then I start thinking, like, what are they going to do with him? Mm -hmm. Can he wrestle? I think he will wrestle. I think he'd be hitting in a tag match. I don't think he should do a singles match. He probably could do one, but God, they have to be really safe with him. I don't know. He, did he ever get the, I think he did get neck surgery, right? But he's not Edge, who's younger. He's sick. I I, I had to look up 62 years old. I I saw 61, but six, whatever. I mean, that's too old. Like just, just, uh, so I mean, An authority figure, maybe, right? Um, Possibly they kind of need that kind of person, a babyface authority figure. Maybe he's that guy. But um, I thought he should have debuted. I know know why they debuted on this show because a lot of eyes are going to be on this show Mm -hmm. compared to others. But like, what was his motivation to be there?
0: What was his motivation? Uh, I don't know. Like,
1: <laughs> why was he showing up in face paint and gear? Like, why was why did we need Sting to show up here? Was his why was he ready? Like, why was he coming out? What was his? And we'll find out next week because he's going to do a promo. Yeah, he's a new promo. We'll there was something it. with Darby Allen. You know, they,
0: they were the, the baby faces were getting beat up there at, we'll talk at about the end of match. that match. Yeah, I, I actually that match. um I didn't think it was a great match, but I put it on my likes because I just like Will Hobbs mm-hmm. be, being a uh, a badass. Mm-hmm. Brian Cage comes out and he's able to be a badass. And you know, I I prefer Ricky Starks over Darby Allen. That's my preference, but I totally get it if there are Darby Allen guys who are like, yeah, he he's the next guy. Um. I just found that match leading into the sting situation. I, I just liked watching, you know, the, these guys who, you know, and we, we, I compare a lot of what AEW does to to WWE, and that's not a apples to apples comparison. WWE has a lot of like just, they're tried and true stars and, and you know, nobody that they feel is is up to it is you know i I look at matt riddle and it's like okay i I get it you know matt riddle's the goofy guy now but just the fact that AEW puts will hobbs in this position where he's able Mm -hmm. to just be strong is so attractive to me as a wrestling fan because i'm like oh wow like you know will hobbs who you know three months ago wasn't really on on their radar now they found him in the, and they're putting him in in positions to to be strong so i like that part of it and i think that part of that match worked really well um but yeah so so that that match because you have a, a will hobbs who who is having a good match even though ricky stark's lost which i, I didn't you know th- that has to happen darby's the
1: champion, but. I like you can't you can't beat. Actually, I, I was hoping the heels would have won this match and set up. you know, but but. Who would they beat? I mean, they're not you shouldn't beat powerhouse Hobbs right now. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. It just turned. Um, Alan actually has a match with Brian Cage coming up because Brian Cage beat him in a tag match a couple weeks ago sure. or whatever it was. So I don't know. Um, I would like to see the heels. get. He actually, you know, who should have been in it is Brian Cage. Because he has, he has the issue with Darby Allen, not uh, not Ricky Starks. That that issues is already over now, right? Uh, Darby Allen won a few. So that was kind of weird. But Darby Allen's, I mean, sorry, uh, uh, Ricky Starks is a better worker than Brian Cage. So I can understand yep. why they yep. wanted to put him in there, you know. Um, so it's, uh, I know. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about this match. I was, you know, overall, I thought the match was good. The match it was good from the finish to the end overall. But I kept thinking about something. We had a little Twitter exchange after the pay-per-view. I. During, you know, right after pay-per-view, I mentioned that Cody Rhodes didn't really put over Darby mm-hmm. Allen. hmm I still believe that's his day, and this match proved it to me. Um, you know, he was he Cody Rose did a smart thing where he had to roll up Finish where, you know, no one's going to believe a 125 pound guy can really beat Cody Rhodes that way. It just doesn't look believable. It was, you know, just, just silly. And now we have this match. Okay. This is, everyone's like, oh, that's great. Cody passed the torch, man. They're totally getting behind these young guys. And they are, they, they're not featuring these young guys, but is Darby really the guy? Is he really, did he really move up a notch? He's still below Cody here off the bat comes out first. Cody comes out second, right? He gets the big entrance. Um, <laughs> this match itself—what's the main issue of this match? It's Cody versus Taz.
2: Yeah, Darby Allens that, is a,
1: that is that is the big story that they're telling right now. Yeah, Darby Allens. is—he's basically just a, a, a side player in this whole in this whole, the grand scheme of things here. And who take and who and i guess am I, I'm on I don't know I know exactly who is going to take the heat in this match. Sure as shit. There's Darby <laughs> Allen taking a long heat, getting his ass kicked, hot tagging to Cody Rhodes, right? And the finish, and we'll talk up. in this, we'll talk because this happened on two different shows, but one that was happened for a reason. This one was happened that people probably didn't even notice. Darby Allen. people can say, "Well, were you talking about Larocca? Darby Allen got the pin. He's the one that won it. He's the one that pinned." Or questionable because he picked up <laughs> Ricky Stark's shoulder up. That was weird. But anyway, that was the worst pin yeah i've ever seen i think on television okay but he did beat him right he hit the hit the coffin drop and he won so people can say well look at they put him over he's the one that pinned him no cody rhodes hits his finisher before which sets up the coffin drop so really ricky starks was already done before darby hit his move and now earlier on we talked about nxt and that match you liked, the opening tag match with uh damian priest eon ruff Raul Mendoza and Santos Escobar, they made a point that David Priest really won that match when he hit the Reckoning, which is the same move as the Crossroads, and then Leon Ruff hits the Top Road Splash, right? So, once again, Cody Rhodes really won that match. It was all about Cody Rhodes. And then what drove me absolutely freaking insane was the post-match, the heat that the heels got. And I'm like, oh, now they beat up R Anderson. Holy cow. But what was driving me insane was just the match before this, and we're gonna get into that freaking clusterfuck. Um, the Britt Baker Layla Hurst match. After that match, Thunder Rosa comes out, there's officials, there's a million referees, there's a Jerry Lynn comes out and gets the biggest pop of the night. That's how over these girls are that people are <laughs> chanting Jerry Lynn, and they're like, Oh, it's chaos, it's chaos, right. Fucking Arn Anderson, who has nerve damage in his what, what was that right hand is getting his ass kicked and no one's coming out to save him. There's no officials. There's no anyone. Right. Because obviously Sting has to come out. But Sting could have came out and they still had the officials. And it was just like. So it's a, we're not concerned about this crippled man, but we're we're a, we, we want to go in there and pull apart the girls. I can see why, you know, they you know, maybe that's why they want to do it. But like. It just doesn't make freaking sense. And it just just this this is the stuff that drives me insane. This is a small detail stuff that you really have to think about when you're booking this crap. Like you have to pay attention. Now, if you're gonna have fucking officials and referees come out, they're in this big old this pull apart between these two girls that can't brawl in their state of life to uh you have to have them come out when they're beating up the crippled guy, okay? Like Jesus. So there
0: you go. So, so I definitely agree with you. And I think it's like that they're at a for TV product. They can cross all the T's and dot the I's, like you say, or they lean on sort of the chaos and the uh the announcer's going crazy going into commercial and my guess i don't know my guess is that when it comes to a lot of what their fan base wants they're very much you know the, the, i'm i'm sure they study this stuff They're very much more into the chaos and and the stuff that, you know, that may drive you crazy and that may bother me. It's not going to drive me crazy as much crazy as it drives you because you are very much a stickler for this stuff because you've done this, this job. But as a fan, I think the idea is, is like, okay, like this stuff, you know, the, the, the thing that actually drives the rating the thing that actually gets the fans excited is you know the chaos or or the, these crazy matches that that I know the psychology stuff that you don't like in some of these matches and i think they study this and they're like look like we can be really you know we 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 can we can allow this stuff to happen it looks it seems like the fans want it or we can go the opposite way and you know sort of cater to your style but i think that what they what they look at is like that that doesn't really cross the line for their fan base. So some of it is just that the fan base is kind of okay with some of these uh, crossing of the Ts and dotting of the I's, not completely one hundred percent making sense. And I would sort of get that if these folks were uh, you know raised on Monday Night Raw because they don't often pay off in that way. But I I, I guess you know the thing that i always fall back on you know when i talk to you about this is you know you and i are in our 40s and what does that demographic you know younger than us like what do they care about when it comes to wrestling do they care about this psychological stuff that really 100% makes logical sense or do they just care about these high spots and like these things that you know kind of go into commercial really hot and really crazy and really chaotic I don't know like I, I would love to know you know deep deep into into AEW like what
1: are they actually looking at when it comes to that stuff you could those fans would still appreciate it if the match was logical as well if these, if these post match angles were logical as well like they can still do that and still get their viewers and i think their fans will still enjoy it and might even enjoy it just a little bit more because when you see stuff that's off it's off right but like when you see stuff done right you suspend disbelief more and i don't know if these fans don't give me they don't care about spending they just, they just, it's a good old time and they want to see a bunch of moves and well I, i've mentioned whatever, this before and, and the feedback that i got back was like
0: yeah for you that is very smart I don't know that everyone else cares about that. Like I've, I've, I've had that conversation before and that, that isn't you know, that, that is an interesting thing. Like do casual, like, like
1: maybe, but maybe. I was a casual fan though. Right. And I, I was a casual fan and I would, I would watch a match and if something wasn't right, it would stand out. Like, that's kind of weird. You know why, you know, that it was, it'd be jarring. And of course I got smarter and I got educated and all that kind of stuff and blah, blah, blah. But like, you know, you knew what was good and what was bad. So as a, ca- as a ca- back in the eighties and nineties, like I knew what was good, and what was bad. And then and if I go back and look at those matches that were good, you know what? They had some good damn psychology and well worked and smartly booked. And then you yeah, the ones that are bad had the opposite, you know? So yeah, I think, yeah. I think those casual fans who could, would also get into it more if it was told correctly. And and just like a a movie, I guess what I was
0: saying is whether it's the casual fans or whether it's that young demographic that they are playing to. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe they're they're sort of figuring out, like, okay, like the balance of this here is, you know, yeah, maybe we could, maybe this should make a little bit more sense. But here are the things that. They're interested in, like, I don't know. I, I really don't know. And I'm, I'm that fact, that topic or that idea is really fascinating to me because, like you said, there are small holes in what they're doing. And I'm wondering, you know, because they got smart people back there. They have smart people running that company, uh, whether you're the 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 go to guy or whether you're the the VP or whatever. And plus, you know, you mentioned Arn, you know, we know Dean Malenko, we know Tully Blanchard. Those guys know how to tie those loose ends. But, you know, so, so why do they have some of those holes that they do? I don't know
1: what the answer is. And that's actually pretty intriguing. I think a lot of it's inexperience from these guys. They you know, they a lot of the guys they have are inexperienced. There's the agents that they're supposed to help them with these holes. And I've got this from many a source, not just one person, I've got it from multiple people. That there's some agents there that are really passionate mm-hmm. in teaching and there are just some agents that just are happy to collect the check and they're still getting the money from wrestling. So well, I mean, you know if if that is the game
0: right like i get it i, I get it both ways like I, I very much get it both ways
1: but uh, but so okay so we, well, if you want more plot holes and bad wrestling we can continue on with our review because i got more well, well, yeah, yeah nice. So let's go to the dislikes i'll, I'll say
0: my first dislike is the Sheeta interview oh my god um they made her look really silly and i think we know what happens when you have this really scary heel and you have the baby face cowering to the scary heel we saw it with Seth Rollins and the Fiend and that 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 really hurt mm-hmm. the Seth Rollins character for many many months because of of the, of that whole um you know they're they're pairing together I, I i sort of was like i can't believe they're doing the Fiend and Seth Rollins all over again with Sheeta and Abaddon when the Undertaker
1: debuted as a heel, Hulk Hogan wasn't scared of him. He was ready to take him on, right? He was a little cautious, a little weird because he was, you know, a dead. Well, guy.
0: yeah, when he punched him seven times in the yeah. face and the Undertaker didn't fall yeah. down, then he was But like, did he cautious.
1: give up? Does he freaked out? Did he run with his tail between? He's like, No. He was a fighting Bay face champion. This was this was up there one of the worst promos I've ever seen. Now it's not as bad as and Melissa's Raka Khan, whatever hell gimmick she had as <laughs> as uh, Awesome Kong's manager. You like, pulled, you pulled that one. Uh, oh, way dude! Back. The, I mean, we all laughed at APW about this forever. Like it was like the best. Like, did you see that promo? Oh, My God, it's the worst thing ever. Um, I mean, Sheeta, what's you know, she's she's you know, she's such a likable character, and you want your. I don't know what the hell they decided to do in the show. Like they had um, Moxley after being such a smart guy for this whole run, ends up doing a stupid move in the match. And here they had their women's champion, this fighting women's champion, all of a sudden become a scaredy cat of Abaddon. And who just, we have n- who we oh. really haven't seen on Dynamite. Well, yeah, it's, 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 the most famous match she did is one they didn't show when Taya Conti hit her in the throat and had <laughs> get carted off. Like, I think she did one match. I don't know if she, I think she did win that match. But, but you know, I was, just, I was pissed off when Abaddon came out last week. All of a sudden she shows up and she is scared. And she, you know, like if you this character, that which is like what we need to know more about her. Like, why is she a living dead girl? Is she really dead? You know, like what's their motivation is with this character? Yeah, I, I mean, I watch the show every week and I don't really understand. Because they, they never said anything about this girl. They need Garrett. They, this we need. If, they, if I'm doing this job, and then I'm saying, okay, we need a debut, Abaddon. I bet, like, okay, give me four weeks of vignettes. Let's introduce this girl because this character needs vignettes. We need to find out what's going on, and then we need to find out like then when she shows up, it's shocking. Like we could say, like they could have promoted it like. Abaddon shows up like after a couple of vignettes, she shows up next week and we're like, oh, shoot, next week we're finally gonna see this girl wrestle, even though we kind of forget that she wrestled a couple weeks ago, right? <laughs> or a month or two ago. And then that same show, she defends her title against whoever. And then all of a sudden, Abaddon shows up one week earlier. That's the surprise. Now she's a stare down. But Sheeta should not be like cowering and be afraid and just be a, she should be like a stare down, right? And then Abaddon should, you know, they have like, oh God, man, what's gonna gonna happen? Maybe they go, you know, just whatever. It's like, we don't know who this girl is and with a character like that, you need to do vignettes and set up who she is. It's just BS. Alright, you already mentioned that the Bucks interview
0: where the acclaimed uh, started uh, cutting them down in a, in a, in a rap and then uh, TH2 did the run-in and there was this delay in them sucker punching <laughs> the young Bucks. Uh, go ahead. and I, I know this is on your dislike, so I'll let oh, you see this, this, this
1: one. Team. I would say though, Matt Jackson's part of the promo wasn't as bad as it normally is, but what it's just it starts off in the on the on a bad foot right away when here's alex marvez interviewing the young bucks and here comes the charismatic nick jackson with the hey uh, remember like when we super kicked you <laughs> fucking a <laughs> and then they come and then they claim come down and they need to dress them up more they just look like two dudes i mean that uh caster guy has some some size to him w- was he supposed to be like john cena rapper. he well I, I know he raps
0: he raps to his I, 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 his i mean his actual and he's done his character skills before. were totally fine mm-hmm. but the subject matter of being the sort of locker room small dick joke stuff
1: that that was just like lame he was no young mc yeah I was you, but <laughs> And, uh, and, uh, anyways, um, it just, but like, but they didn't stand out. Like, I think, uh, the other guy, uh, was it Bowens or something like he needed to have a better look. Like, I guess they're dressed like accordingly to allow people to dress now, but like something a little flashy to kind of stand out. And then, and then the young bucks just dress them down. You're like, what oh, are you doing a gimmick from 15 years ago. Like, oh, okay. No. Now they're jokes. Right. And then here comes. What's freaking Jack Evans and Analco. Th two, th two. Just uh, Analco. If we ever, if we can ever motivate him to have any kind of personality, that would be a goal but for AEW. I think that would be nice to see to kind of notch. He's the tgp of AEW of AEW. Just like nonchalantly gets holds and I can do a submission. Oh yeah! And then the best part of it was when <laughs> Daniels comes out with fire character so of comes out with the fire, the chair shot, and he's swinging it and protecting, protecting the young bucks, right? And the, the, the heels scatter. I'm like, damn, why did he do that when his partner was in the ring with yeah. the inner circle? Where yeah. was this fire? He just yeah. nonchalantly walks out and just gets Kazarian to leave. Like, yeah, trash. Um, okay. So the other
0: thing, and this is, I think you already mentioned this, but so the Brit, and Layla Hirsch match. I, I I was fine with it for what it was. I knew it, you know, Layla Hirsch is green. Britt is not the greatest wrestler. Who's leading who? It's kind of the, the blind leading the blind in a sense. So the part that I didn't like was you know that these two women um you know are are the, the they're not the most veteran uh, uh, of the women. And so you do this super convoluted finish. And then you do this super convoluted run in and it just felt to me like these poor women are just having to remember what to do in order to get to where they, you know, they needed to get. And I, I felt kind of bad for them because I'm like, you know, Layla Hirsch's hasn't been wrestling At least in AEW for that long, and so they do this convoluted thing with Rebel, and then still Layla Hirsch has to kind of, you know, win at the end, even though she lost the match, so she doesn't lose, you know, everything. And I just thought it was a big cluster, like you said, Uh, but I felt bad because I feel like Layla Hirsch is definitely a really solid prospect, but it's almost like you know, on this show of all shows, we're going to get you know, one of the highest ratings that you ever did, you're going to do this. Like, why don't you do something so much more simple? <laughs> so both women look better than, you know, than doing everything. They, they threw the kitchen sink at this whole segment. I really
1: felt bad for the two women in the ring. Yeah, this is uh this is what we call an abortion, right? This was definitely an abortion on screen. Um, it was just like, what the hell's They got, dude, they got two segments, Right this should have been one They could accomplish everything they needed to do in one Quick shot the match should have been way shorter This match got two segments And then what we got a uh, The next match was, was a tag match with Cody Rose Darby Allen Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs Was that they got in the ring we gotta go to break <laughs> I'm glad we wasted so much time With the women sneaking up the joint we could have had something Going off this, this match of actual Stars in the ring at least one guy's a star Um one couple guys are future stars Uh They need to get out of this mindset where every match doesn't have to be a great match because they're pushing Britt Baker. There's a program between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa in the very near future. This is not the point, this is not the time where Layla Hirsch is going to give her all and counter everything and keep getting submission holes and back and forth. No. You give Layla, Layla Hirsch a couple of moves uh, maybe a suplex or two but then she gets cut off and gets beat like what the hell dude like and you don't put these poor girls in this position of having this long match because they can't do it Mm -hmm. Britt baker is a great personality i think she can be one hell of a manager she can be the scary sherry sensational sherry of the current modern age but these girls cannot do it they cannot go this long why do they put them in this position is be it's just it's just ridiculous like somebody's be like hey who it's there's there's ages there somebody's like hey guys this is a risk to put these girls on this long let's just do a quick little deal and get to where you want to do with this 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 brawl with the women at the end and then and, and get it out of there like just just yeah this is this is probably one of the worst matches they've done I mean it's always a women's segment because their women are not that good but it's like it's just it's just like a really it's bad it's really exposed uh this really exposed. Uh, Britt Baker, based Really. because you know. And then what's Rebel like? <laughs> Rebel comes. Ah, just whatever, dude. Whatever.
0: All right. What is the uh, what else? What else is on your list? Because that was that was the last thing on my list.
1: Rest of the show we haven't talked about yet. The Battle Royal. Did you love that one? I mean, that 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 was like Bangerhead City. Like, first of all, ninety percent of the workers in this match have no clue how to work a battle royal. I'm convinced of that. Most of them who are getting out early are working at like an indie show where they're like, oh, Kate, I don't like to be out here. You know, it's just a battle royal. And then you have, you know, the psychology match was just freaking ridiculous with Miro putting the baby face position and he's just going to town and people are going nuts and like, yeah, Miro, right? It'll be great if they didn't treat him like a gamer dork, right? To lead up to this. And he gets eliminated by all the inner circle guys. They triple team when they dump him out, right? And then at the end, when Orange Casty wins or, you know, he's a co-winner with MGF because they're going to have a match next week for the ring. Here comes Miro pissed off and wants to get Orange Casty. Once you want to get the guys that threw you out my god it's just so fucking stupid adam page has now gone down to being in the dark order like you know or being recruited by the dark order that's his deal now he's getting eliminated by matt hardy of all people like ugh. just i thought this was horrible as well and then the finish like you know whatever it's just like i said this. I just what that drove me nuts, right? When I'm like, that's when it got worse. Like here comes Miro, and he's mad at Orange Cassidy. I know they're feuding, but shit, then you just got dumped out by the by the top heel faction, which you want to get some revenge on him if you're going to come out. Like ridiculous. Okay, but to
0: I guess to give credit a little bit to the booking of this Battle Royal, it seems like a lot of the eliminations are going to lead to stuff. So this may be one of those things where we're like, okay, we need to sort of see where this goes because the, the Miro thing, I think may be a reaction to us going like the hell's going on with this dude. Right. So, you know, so, so he does, he does really good in that better. World. and that was the best that he's looked in the entire company and if you were going to like, I lit. I wanted him to win. Like when I'm watching this match, I'm going, okay, I want mirror to win. Orange Cassidy. I've seen enough of him. You know, MJF. You know, maybe it's mirror and MJF at the end. But uh, I, it did, it did seem a little bit like a reaction, right? Like, okay, like this guy is not being as well received as we want him to be, and thus he needs to look like a monster in here. But I mean, but if you're gonna lose having the entire inner circle kind of take you out is the way to lose to where, he, you know, if he's not going to win the match, that's probably the best way for him to get taken out of the match.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I I just I, it's just like I said, I I think I would have done something else to him. I would have had the best friends in there, you know, do something with those guys to lead up to their continue on their feud and and, you know, Give Jungle Boy that spot where he's kind of taking all three of them on and, you know, etc. And you go, know, I guess you could do the Orange Cassidy deal. But I mean, like I said, I, like you said, I'm tired of him, too. Like, yeah,
0: yeah no, so. it's, not, it's not that I mean, you know, I, I was never a big Orange Cassidy fan. And then I was kind of intrigued at, at what they were doing with him. But I feel like he's gotten enough opportunities and I was ready to see someone new. You know, you know what's sad about this is you mentioned Jungle Boy and I'm watching this match. And he's in he's he's in you know I don't know the the last four or whatever, and I was like oh my god I didn't even realize he was actually in this match that's how you know sort of forgotten that he is on this show because uh you know because they they, they haven't really done too much with him of late but uh you know now, now Wade is is, is going to say that yeah we mentioned
1: Jungle Boy uh hey, well then he wasn't even working that well and he like i could tell the kid you know he doesn't have any experience in battle royals he's just he's just poking around he's not really yeah no one's trying to sell me they're trying to eliminate anyone you know a couple people but you know what it reminds me of is it reminds me of the uh, cow palace battle royal yeah yeah you get the i mean a lot of the guys there it's one of those things with battle royals on indie shows which i i I booked some obviously but like i used to i used to watch those closely because i would they would tell me a lot who cares a shit and who doesn't yeah and uh you know, and like right away, I guess I could see the guys who are getting out early were just like, you know, whatever other than like you know lee johnson take a big bump so he wants to take a big bump old uh old uh what's his name uh dr luther takes the uh the safest of safest bumps like he doesn't like he doesn't even want to bump like, you know he doesn't want to take the overtop if you do if you don't want to take the overtop rope bump just 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 say you don't want in this damn match you know? <laughs> you're better at ringside collecting a nice check your buddy got you I- so. iron chic in the uh, legends better Royal that when iron Sheik had more grace what like, <laughs> um you know the, 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 here's the funny part John Silver who's just getting his cult filing the people like were exploded were upset when he got eliminated the, the, the live crowd was so in it oh yeah yeah and they and he gets eliminated right he gets tossed out but when Adam Page goes out the Dark Order is able to catch him and put him back in they don't do that for our own damn guy <laughs> you know there's a bunch of Dark Order people on the outside why didn't they catch John Silver throwing back in earlier just stupid god damn it All right. Is there anything else? Oh yeah, a couple more. Uh, I think just one. I think just uh, just one more, and it's the okay. I need to ask a question about this. What did you think of Jericho versus Kazarian?
0: Okay, I didn't put this on my any of the list because I was just sort of lukewarm about this. But when I was watching this match, I thought a Frankie Kazarian can go, and Jericho when he's put in that kind of match, he's a, he's like a step behind. Like, this was the first time where I really thought that maybe his age and his athleticism and probably his weight worked against him because Frankie. Frankie seemed to me that he was out there to prove something, um, but then of course the finish is super convoluted because they're trying to do the you know the inner circle the whole, like like the match was just a lead up to what's going to happen next week, which is you know this angle about the inner circle and MJF and Sammy and you know Jericho sees Sammy with the the white towel, but it was mm-hmm. really MJF who brought it. so there's an angle there. There there's something going on there. They're extending this storyline, but I thought the match itself I thought Jericho kind of got outshined in it
1: yeah well yeah Gazarian's like timeless right like he's just he you know he's always been really good and and honestly in some cases underrated Um, Jericho father time is definitely catching up to him he's definitely slowing up this this is a sign that he probably
0: needs to kind of you know I don't know if he's got to go on a keto diet or whatever but you know if he's going to have these matches with these younger guys, mm-hmm. probably does need
1: to, to get in a little bit better shape than he currently is right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the match was fine. It was a good match to the, the finish was funny. Cause you know, he, he cares and gets him in the, in the Boston crab and forever. And forever. Well, I think uh, Santana didn't realize uh, Santana's our Ortiz uh, Santana's good. Well, who knows where he's at? Um, <laughs> I still think he suffered a concussion in that, uh, parking lot match and that's why he's not wrestling he hasn't done anything he hasn't wrestled since then he was there last week he did a spot but no one touched him It was like a swing and a miss i think he i'm just guessing i feel like he has a concussion and he hasn't really been cleared yet to wrestle but anyways so ortiz supposed to pop up right and uh, but even Jericho had to give uh, <laughs> Kazarian the he had, Jericho had to look back and make sure Ortiz is in position to like because this was long in that Boston crowd y- you had to y- look yeah. back to see if Ortiz was Ortiz that then he had to give uh, uh, Kazarian the Iggy to kind of like okay pull me to the middle right and um, it was just uh, but my issue with the match it was not the match itself it's the post match already we're back to dissension in the inner circle like we just established when was the Las Vegas thing two weeks ago now uh, what was that last week there's two parts when that was all one show that was one show it might have been two weeks two or three weeks ago yeah two weeks I think I think it was two weeks ago and you know there's solidarity between this group now right So now you need to have established a few months at least of this unity between this group of you know the come together now there's some friendship maybe sammy started warming up to MGF. may you know but but he's still a little he's still a little has an eye on him but mgf kind of you know wins him over a little bit and so now there's that's going on and then finally you do something like this now it means something when there's dissension within your group now it's like happens within a week it just means nothing it's no it, it's they're rushing this. They don't need to rush this. And I'm glad Jericho gave him a week to show up next week to make a decision. We're going to break each other up. It's just like, it's like we already did that. If this is going to be their step that's going to bring them together. Like That was Vegas. The idea about Vegas, right? That was the story there. So it was it's just... I don't know, man. I just think they're I, just overbooking I, the I shit. I wasn't super frustrated
0: with that because I think the the key here is, at least from AEW standpoint, they think Jericho and MJF together, and and obviously, I think the goal is at some point Sammy turns babyface. Mm-hmm. You know, Jericho and, and, and MJF are gold together, so we're probably going to get another. Segment where they spend a lot of time, you know, going back and forth and doing their little shtick together, which is generally entertaining. I, I, you know, I think the last couple times that that they've done it, you know, some folks have thought, okay, it's a little bit overkill. So it, it may be overkill, and they may be overdoing it here. But I think that's what they're thinking is that okay, these guys are are good together. So let's, you know, this is a segment that that does well to to me. Um, the, the the just the finish just took way too long. It just like you know they left both of those guys in the ring out to dry because everything took so long. If they would have tidied that thing up, then I think that match would have been a lot better. But you know, whatever, live TV, that's just, you know, they 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 make those mistakes still. And, you know, that that's just wrestling sometimes, you know, a lot, a lot of people make those mistakes. But, you know, when you're watching this TV show and you know they're going to get the biggest, uh, they're going to get the biggest audience, mm-hmm. sometimes I'm just like rude. I'm just like, oh, man, like, you know, this is just like the Omega thing, right? Like when he slipped off the rope, my heart dropped a little bit for them because I know... What they wanted to do, and you never want to make a mistake like that. It didn't look too bad, though. No, no, no. no. Mean, they, they they cleaned it up, but I, but thinking thinking to what they were trying to do is like, oh yeah, that would have probably been better, right? Like that that would probably been the better thing to do. But you know, it is what it is. It's live TV. Look, you know, nobody gets. Uh, you, you don't get a do over. Like you just go with what it is. Like it's you know, if you want to do live TV, then you live with with what happens. Now, I think I like that show. Uh, especially the 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 second half a lot better than you but i also agree with pretty much everything you said it just doesn't it it just doesn't affect me i think as much but i, I completely understand a, a lot of the uh, the negativity that that you were mentioning so uh so that th- those are likes and dislikes uh you know i'm sure i like that show a little bit better than you but i totally completely get the things that frustrated you and, uh, you know, I, but when it comes to the rating, I think I would say AEW was probably, I, I don't think they were 100% gung-ho at the rating that they got, but the, the demographic, the, the number in the demo was good for them. So, you know, look, there, there is, this is, this, you know, we're watching this stuff really closely, almost with a magnifying glass. And I think a lot of fans are doing that. So, you know, I think the one thing that we get a lot of credit for is not being so rah rah for AEW because there are things, you know, if AEW is a perfect TV show, you know, this is not, I'm trying to think of what the perfect wrestling show was. I want to say like there were some moments in like 2000 WWE where I was like, okay, this is like wrestling show Nirvana. But look, you know, you know, there's going to be, Issues with w- with that show, you know. I I I to as many people who are like, you know. Thankfully, you guys talk about this in a, in a very um, fair way. You know, it's not about necessarily about. I just want these guys to to succeed, which we both want. But we can talk about them, mm-hmm. you know, in in a critical way, which which I think people really enjoy.
1: So, yeah, I mean, I don't want a. I'm not a w an AW hater. I just want them to clean up some of the stuff, you know, and really make it a really solid show and and they can still do what they're doing but like let's have the matches make some sense let's have some angles be a little more detailed in or fine detailed in and you know just just kind of you know fix the holes they have going on. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, um, so yeah. So that'll be,
0: you know, we'll be back next week. I think the follow-up is going to be super interesting because Sting's going to do a chit-chat. Um, he's going to do an interview. They're going to have to follow up the Omega thing. We'll see what happens with Impact on Tuesday. I have no idea how I can watch that show. I think it's like on Twitch or something because I don't oh, have access. access. Oh, I have
1: access. So no, no. But, uh, yeah.
0: but yeah. So you know, the, I think there will be some intrigue there. But yeah, look, look. This this angle was done to create interest, and I think I think I, mean, I think in that in that sense it it uh, it was successful. But look, you can create interest. It's really about the follow up and what you do after. So that's key. And that that is what we hold them accountable for. Like this was to me, I I tweeted, I said, this was really like the most fun social media wrestling night that I've had in a while because everybody was was tweeting about this thing and so it was kind of it's kind of fun but again you know it, it's about the uh, the follow-up and we'll see what happens here so you know i'm gonna keep an open mind until until it's you know if it's good it's good if it's not it's not and then we then we'll talk about it so um so yeah so we'll be back next week i think it's possible we'll have two other shows next week with other folks um I'm not going to mention, I'm not going to say exactly what we're going to do just in case they fall through. But it's possible we'll have some pretty, pretty cool shows next week as well, including uh, uh, you and I getting back together. So, uh,
2: So for John, I am Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out.